welcome to the Defenders Podcast, the fan podcast about the Marvel Netflix series. I'm Claire. I'm Tammy. And I'm Will. Woo! And we have two special guests this week, and I'm going to go back to the uh, alliteration of early seasons, because why not? It's fun. Uh, so we have the... Oh, the the nautic the nautical nutty, oh. meaning you live on a ship. I don't know. It's the say, first word that I came to mind. Am I nautic or nautical? Because I am both. Nautical. Yes, I am both. You could be nautical. You you live on a, a ship and oh, wear blue stripes. In fact, I have been sailing since I was two weeks old. So <gasps> there we go. <laughs> I was right. It's the the return of the nautical nutty and the return of the interesting Ian. <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> Uh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> the the interesting Ian. <laughs> Welcome back, guys. You're both returning uh, guests. Yeah, I'm so glad that. you guys came back on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for this season, what? Uh, without spoiling, um, I'll ask you, Ian, first. Have you? Are you up to uh, this episode with this season, or yes, are you? I sort of, have you watched all of Luke Cage? Oh, so so well behaved. I love it. <laughs> Uh, and uh, what do you th- what are you thinking of the season so far? Yeah, it, I'm enjoying it. The first season, I, I think there was a newness to it, and you know, it, it it felt like nothing had quite done a story like that before. But this one still has its moments, still quite good. But that whole shiny newness has kind of gone. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So you're not not necessarily enjoying no, it. No, I'm enjoying it. It's just, as I said, that first season kind of special about it. You know, yeah. I, I, it can't quite recapture that, but it's still quite good. I agree because I think as well in the first season we're still going up to the defenders, so it's you know you're kind of heading heading towards the defenders. It's like going up a roller coaster, heading towards something. I don't know. Mm. Uh, Natty, what about you? Uh, so I have watched further than this because basically when we got to it, uh, we couldn't stop. Had we recorded this <laughs> when we were supposed to, I could have. But I was like, no, no, this series, uh, this season is just way too good. Um, I <laughs> actually like this season so far better than last season. And um, it's it's fighting for number one of the uh, uh, the season, the series um for all of the Defenders shows. Uh, nice. Yeah, Maybe it works better when you do binge it then, um, and you get to tie up some of the um, loose ends that are still in, up in the air. Yeah, I mean, that might be... Uh, I, I I do think that they're definitely writing for... They're using the binge format. They realize that people are just mm-hmm. going to watch right away the next episode, and they're actually writing for that. They're trying to make you binge it feels like because they'll end an episode with something that makes you go oh, man, now i gotta watch the next episode um yeah and so i think that that's definitely helping but uh man i am just i am all over this show and um i am loving the soundtrack this season <laughs> and oh yeah that, it, that that that's not gonna weigh that's still awesome the the more reggae influence is definitely making me pull out like some old thievery corporation like other uh, reggae influenced stuff that I haven't listened to in a while because I'm just like yeah I'm feeling this. <laughs> <laughs> what would be the um, other show as your what as your current number one oh, that's going up Jones. against? Ah, uh, yeah, I figured. <laughs> cool. Uh, awesome. Well, um, 
I've got a little bit of news that we can go through. Well, actually, it's quite a bit of news because obviously it's uh, Comic-Con week uh, in San Diego. So uh, first a bit of news, though, I'm going to pass to Tammy. Right. Um, because Tammy told me a... Uh, and you're like, what? What did I do? You told me a, uh, a, little, uh, a little interesting factoid about the show Cloak, Cloak oh, and yeah. Dagger this um, week. I don't know if anyone else is watching Cloak and Dagger at all. It's pretty good. Um, I don't... It's definitely not one of my favorite Marvel shows, but it's it's uh, interesting, entertaining. Yeah, well, I just you're started. Watching it, right? Yeah, I just started watching it last week. I meant to mention it last week. Uh, I don't yeah. know what you call it. My friend that I'm watching it with called it the Dawson's Creek of the MCU. But yeah, <laughs> oh, no. yeah, I don't know if I would quite go that far, but yeah. definitely it is it is very high school based. Yeah, so uh, far. So I've only seen three episodes, and there's a lot of rocks incorporations, so I'm guessing they're kind of the big bad oh, nice. of the season. Um, this past week, this is, I mean, it's a spoiler, but it's like literally one line in the episode, is uh, they name-drop Misty Knight. Oh, <laughs> nice. So, so cool. I squeed. I was like, yee! <laughs> when I watched it, it was so, I, it came... For me, it came out of nowhere. I was just shocked that they would connect this to anything else. I mean, not that they connected it directly with Luke Cage and the show, but... Well, especially uh, it's it's on Amazon. It, yeah. Yeah. And, and I just thought, like, oh, okay, so... But they connected it enough where, I mean, Luke Cage just came out, and they knew that, obviously, as they're putting this show out, that that was going to be out, too. So I feel like it was purposely connecting the two things, but... um. It was it was like a very nonchalant line, and it was just like, oh, have I ever told you about my friend Misty? And it was definitely, definitely talking about Misty Knight. And I, it was just kind of, uh, so cool. I immediately had to message Claire and be like, oh my god, it's so funny that they, out of everything that they've done on this show, this is what they decided to name drop. And it was, it was great. It was such like a small thing that like, <laughs> I was so happy to hear about. I don't know about like if Cloaking Dagger have any particular ties in the comics to Misty Knight. I don't really know that much about them, but they're sort of part of the the street level yeah. Marvel heroes, you know, like you know, so they'd be running around with the defenders yeah, and, and everything wait, as well. So th- that show takes place in New Orleans, and it was really just a reference because there's a character on that show that is a police officer that has transferred from New York to New Orleans. So she just happened mm. to, she worked with Misty or has known Misty. So, and she's known um, things that have happened in New York. Nice. And so it's just, yeah, Ooh, it, was so very, cool. it was a very cool, like one line connection that was like, if you're a fan, that's, it's just neat to hear that kind of stuff. So, yeah. yeah so I suppose it's like earlier in uh, this season of Luke Cage where, um, they talk about um, the alien tech, uh, how it's illegal to possess, and kind of referencing Spider-Man Homecoming mm-hmm. through all of mm. that. Yeah, definitely. I, I love it. I mean, that's that's all you need is just little little nods to yeah, other stuff. Yeah, just to like I remind you that all of this is supposedly taken in one universe. You know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, okay, some news from San Diego. Well, uh, one about Cloak and Dagger. It's been renewed for a uh, second season. Um, so that's cool. Uh, lots and lots of Iron Fist news because we now have a release date for Iron Fist Season 2. And me and Tammy were talking about this earlier, Will, and we were like, wow, we get a month off. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's two weeks. 
it's it's crazy. If we were not cover, now covering shows you know, two episodes a week, there's no wow. way we could do it an episode a week anyway because we would overrun. Because now, like they were doing, you know, one show a year, but now we're getting four shows a year. It's crazy. So um, that's gonna be out on September the seventh. So like they're it's like they realized you amped up your schedule and they're like, oh, we got a cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly, they're like, no rest for break. <laughs> <laughs> no rest for those guys. Well, they're like, well, we, we need more content. Because <laughs> they listen to you about Misty Knight. She's got a robot arm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hell yeah. Now we just need Misty and Danny together. I don't see that ever happening. I, but I don't want to. that to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I want it to just because I want them to have the little baby and name it after Luke. Oh, well, he'll be adorable. Have, to have a baby with somebody else. Fair enough. Okay. Not Colleen. Um, yeah, not Colleen either. No. no. Yeah, maybe. Uh, it's, it's funny. I'll tell you. I'll tell you something they said about Colleen with uh, season two in a minute, which really made me laugh. Sorry, Will. I was gonna say I might be out a week because I've been trying to plan a Sunday beach trip, but Marvel doesn't want me to have a Sunday beach trip. <laughs> <laughs> Damn you, Marvel! Look, it's fine for you to take a week off. You just have to send us feedback. That's all. I'll send you feedback from Anyways. the beach. You'll see. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'll be very jealous. So uh, we got the release date, and we got a um, a teaser for Iron Fist season two. Have any of you guys watched Mine it? Have, yeah, yeah. It's totally spoiler free, so you guys yeah. can watch it if you want. It's Danny walks into a alleyway, and people are beating up someone. He goes, "Oi, oi, don't do that!" <laughs> <laughs> and then <laughs> and then he beats them up, and that's it. <laughs> Um, I mean, you can't tell much from that, but I'm kind of hoping no. it's indicating he's a bit more mature now. Well, it's him, you know, he's he's looking after the city in Matt's absence. Yeah. He's, you know, he's the new protector, I guess. He's had um, a there was also a motion poster. He's had a haircut. He doesn't look like a... Well, he's been to the groomers. <laughs> he doesn't look like an out-of-control labradoodle puppy now. He's... You know, he's he's ready for crafts <laughs> yeah. uh, now. <laughs> um, there was a motion poster released as well, which uh, shows the Iron Fist logo and then the wings. It's in it as a neon sign and then the, the wings kind of buzz and turn off, I think. And it's just the body. And that is the logo for the Steel Serpent, which we have seen before in um, going back to Daredevil season one on the heroine. Mm-hmm. Um, so possibly Steel Serpent in season two. We have direct confirmation of a villain who will be in season two uh, that was confirmed at Comic-Con. And I don't know whether to tell you guys. Well, it was put on the the comments on our Facebook. Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, what I will say loosely is it is a character that I have dressed up as for a Comic-Con in the past. So, yes, I was very surprised to find out that the character Chuck from the show Pushing Daisies (laughs) will be the villain in Iron Fist season two. But, you know, who'd have thought? I was going to say, Jewel? Um, <laughs> yes, Jessica Jones is the villain in Iron Fist Season 2. Well, she develops yes. a personality and, be, <laughs> and decides, yeah, yeah Absolutely. She dress up. Could also be Matt Murdock. Matt Murdock could be the villain <laughs> in Iron Fist Season 2. Who knows? Um, we also, it was also mentioned that um, there has, well, there's been an image leaked of um, one of the actors, I'm not going to say who, wearing the iconic yellow mask that Iron Fist wears in the comics. So perhaps we're going to get that, which would be really cool. Um, There was a description of a scene uh, that was shown at Comic-Con, which showed um, Danny and Colleen fighting some people. And they did, it did make me laugh because in the description they did say, 
Colleen is still a lot better at fighting than Danny, but both of them are a lot better than they were in season one. I was like, I like that they're still saying Colleen's a lot better than Danny. Um, And in news from that, something that's really exciting is that the fight coordinator, whose name I don't have to hand, um, the fight coordinator who worked on Black Panther has also worked on Iron Fist season two. Yeah, so that's really cool. So fingers crossed. I'm, I'm, cautiously optimistic for season two particularly as there's a new showrunner um and they're not building up to the defenders i think they've got there'll be a lot more attention put into it and love hopefully well, um, um, I also yeah. So, yeah exactly yeah because, exactly. and that they use uh the same crews uh that was one thing that we had learned from uh if, mm-hmm. if you listen to the vex mosaic podcast uh, one of the uh, New York crew type people was in the audience and they're like, yeah, so all the crews that worked on every other uh, Marvel show, uh, they said no to Iron Fist because it was just too close to production and they needed to yeah. see their families. And yeah. so I really hope that they they are giving themselves time and they're giving their crew time so that they can get the crew that works for them and not just get in like the people that no one else is hiring. Does that make? Sense? Only thing I'm worried about with with it is um, Iron Fist season two went into production. Um, I, I think a month after Daredevil season three did, mm. and and it's been released first. And it feels like it is quite a quick turnover, um, which does worry me a bit. But you know, we'll, we'll have to see. Yeah. yeah, hopefully they don't throw out everything from season one because there are a couple of things in there worth. Keeping. Better not throw out Ward. I know. I know. <laughs> And they better have Ward uh, back on the drugs because Ward on the drugs is the most entertaining thing ever. I love oh, it. Uh, um, I'd actually kind of love a scene if he's actually stashed away some Luke Cage drugs from the kick of the Luke Oh, he's on the Luke Cage heroin? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I know. I, I mean, I just like it when Ward suffers. I'm terrible. But, <laughs> but oh, he's so great. Stuff like that would be kind of cool and kind of, yeah, we're doing nonsense yeah. in the ways you just don't expect. Yeah, I'm I yeah, exactly. expecting more Joy fashions because, God, her clothes are just amazing. They're <laughs> I so want good. them all I know. in my closet, personally. <laughs> we'll have to keep an eye out and see if um, Stephanie Maslansky's still uh, dressing Joy because yeah. um, I remember we gave her a lot of praise for Joy's awesome wardrobe. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Before. Um, and then the last bit of news, Marvel hasn't actually had a good a good week. Um, and I thought I should sort of mention this, obviously, because it's been big news this week, which is that James Gunn was fired from directing Guardians of the Galaxy 3, which I'm super sad about because I I thought he did a really good job and I thought he's been a really big positive influence on the Marvel movies, not just Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm torn for him being fired. I mean, do you guys know all about the details for this? Yeah, well, yeah so... Uh, um, uh, it's uh, basically it was some tweets that were ten years ago that he did, which are horrific. Awful. Um, yeah, they are. Awful. They're awful, and um, they they are terrible. They were ten years ago. He said himself that he was trying to do it for shock value. Um, he, you know, he also his previous directing stuff is very kind of almost like almost trauma like movies, yeah. um, like horror stuff. 
Um, and he's he said that, you know, he apologised for a blog article back then. I don't know if he, he apologised directly for the tweets, but he's I had, sort of addressed it since. I had read that. I don't know all the details. apologised for the tweets like six years ago. Um, yeah, I, I've read so many different things. I don't, yeah. you know, I don't know what's... And at that time, I know he's definitely he apologised for part of it. He had deleted yeah. them uh, after yeah. apologising. Uh, and, and the person that dug this up is a right-wing mm-hmm. opponent. Yeah. Yeah, um, exactly. But that yeah. is not to say that I condone or excuse because those tweets were just... I mean, it, it, it really wasn't horrific. one a bad really, tweet or no. one bad decision. <laughs> there were 20 of them. They were awful. It is a never mm. funny, never was. It's not a, uh, oh, well, in light mm-hmm. of Me Too, we're, we're, we're more no. aware of what we're saying. No, this was never okay kind of a situation. Yeah. Um, but it is, I think it's important to have like all of the information, you know? Um, yeah, definitely. Um, I, I, I feel, I feel, um, it is terrible and obviously, yeah. you know, he should be held accountable for it. But then I look at other examples in uh, films mm-hmm. of, you know, of things that are far worse and, actors are kept on yeah. um or directors or things yeah. um looking at disney in particular um johnny depp um you know has been kept on for the um the new fantastic beast film even after there was outcry him being cast um when the whole thing yeah. with yeah and with with um him and amber heard coming out you know and but he's been he's been kept on for that um pirates of the caribbean you know and that that is disney in itself fucking mel gibson is still in movies mel gibson's still got a career you know yeah it's making movies woody allen's still making movies and this is for things (laughs) exactly and this is for things that they've not apologized for they haven't apologized for it and you shouldn't you shouldn't just get you know he he, he did something horrible he has apologized for it, and from what I understand and reading some uh, a statement written by his brother Sean Gunn, who works on the films as well um, and he he basically said that um, you know his brother was a diff- you know he was a different person back then he was very angry and he you know and um, sort of he is a different person back then and now he's he's very much more yeah he he's he's horrified by what he did what he wrote and actually doing the Guardians of the Galaxy films changed him as a person and made him a much better person. Um, you know, which is it, not excusing it, but I feel bad for the guy mm. because without all of the information, it does just seem like a very quick decision, you know, just to go, right, he's fired when it's it like, maybe it should have been addressed. Rather than exactly. addressing the issue. Yeah. If he, yeah. 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 And I think it's a shame because... He's a talented guy. He does seem like a good guy now from what I've seen, and you never know. And he does seem like the apology was genuine. And I do think he had more of a creative input into the MCU than just the Guardians of the Galaxy films, you know, like a positive creative input. And it, you know, and it's... It does feel like this is one of those decisions that says it doesn't matter if you change as a person. Uh, Mm -hmm. You'll always be hard by that one action that you've done that there is no way to redeem oneself and I'm not again I'm not excusing I think what he tweeted was absolutely horrible it was more than just bad taste um, but mm-hmm. I I have the belief that people can change and that there yeah. is such a thing as redemption um, 
you know, I mean, uh, uh, taking it into another vein, uh, we've all heard stories of people who were bullies that mm-hmm. realized what they had done and worked to make their lives better and change who they are and help other people. And one would like to hope that someone who had done something so vile still has a path of redemption that they can get better and they can be a better person. Mm-hmm. And if if someone actually shows that they have tried to be a better person and they have admitted, yes, I did these things, I am not excusing them. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to be a better person. Uh, it, it feels um, it, it, it feels disingenuous for us to say, no, you're still out, especially from a company that put out the song mm-hmm. of the South and yes. Rare Rabbit and all sorts of horrible, horrible Dumbo. I mean, We're talking about people who did and said terrible things. It's like Walt Disney himself was a terrible person. Yeah, he was an awful yeah. person. Oh, I mean, yeah. and I love Disney. Look, I'm not yeah. ever going to stop going, but it's yeah. terrible. Like, I realized, like, the guy who started the whole thing is a terrible person. And for it to come back around like this is sad. And if we just like all believe that someone can't change, then what are we doing? Like, what? Yeah. Why do we? Yeah, so yeah. yeah. yeah honestly, like, we all yeah. have skeletons. We have of all course. done things that we are ashamed oh, of. Uh, we've all done things that today we would cringe. Yeah. Um. Oh, I mean, who out, out of us were the same person we were ten years ago? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Oh, thank God, I'm not. Yeah. So what I, but I wanted to bring it up. Oh, sorry. So what I think when I, uh, you know, I know black people who will say they're never like white people or gay people who will say they're never like straight people. Like, then why are we even trying to have a dialogue if you're not gonna, if you don't think people can change, mm-hmm. you're not gonna forgive. Yeah, exa- exactly. It's 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 difficult because I, I I can see it from both arguments and stuff, but I just. We, we don't have all, all the information, obviously, but I just thought it was something that would be wrong of me not to bring up um, because it's been sort of big news this week and um, it's had quite a big impact. And I've seen, I've, you know, I, I looked today and I read a lot of arguments from sort of both sides on it and I can understand both sides. I, I just feel it seems like a bit of a, um, a quick decision for them to make for something that happened 10 years ago that has been apologized about. And I feel like Disney absolutely 100% knew about this before he was hired for Guardian. They, they did. They did. It's been, um, it's been shown that they did. I mean, unless there's something, some extra information that we don't know about and there could be, who knows? Um, it could be that the people who made the decisions did know, but they're not in charge anymore because that happened. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You have no idea, but if you're going to get rid of, of someone, um, for something they did 10 years ago and has been apologized for since then, maybe get rid of some of the other people that uh, I, I have, have done far worse since getting rid of somebody who tweeted something, deleted it versus people who have physically harmed other people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. yeah, words mean stuff and, and can hurt as well. But honestly, like you've got someone who has beat up his wife and you're keeping him. So mm-hmm. fuck you. Like that. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, sorry, I, I, I totally agree. Laugh because no, no, I know. Thing. I laugh because I love the way that you put, phrase that. <laughs> I laugh just, because I'm like, it, yes. Yeah, I know. It's, I'm not as eloquent sometimes. I apologize. <laughs> no. As I told Tammy earlier, she's a sassy bitch, and I love her. Uh, anyway, we should talk about some Luke Cage. Oh, 
Um, so yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> As a palate cleanser, let's talk yeah. about some uh, some Luke Cage and uh, some Tam Jams. Uh, Tammy, I'll say the names of the episodes first, and then we'll go into Tam Jams. So this week we're doing episode uh, season two, episode six, The Basement, written by Aida Mashaka Kroll and directed by Millicent Shelton. Um, as a wave of violence rocks Harlem, everyone races to connect the dots between Piranha, um, Mariah, Bushmaster and the grizzly find at the clinic. And episode 207 is On and On, uh, written by Nicole Moranti Matthews and directed by Rashad Ernesto Green. Reeling from the showdown on the bridge, Luke teams up with Misty to find Piranha. The hunt for the snitch heats up. Bushmaster reveals his endgame. I can't not laugh when this the snitch because I just imagine Luke on a broom chasing after the golden snitch. <laughs> so, Tammy, what Tam Jams do you have for us um, this week? All right, so episode six did not have a main singer um, at Harlem's Paradise or anywhere else, but we did get uh, a Bob Marley song and the Whalers. The yeah. uh, sun is shining was played while Luke lands uh, in the water after the fight scene. Um, great scene. I, I'm gonna already spoil so this opinion. Opinion spoilers. I really like both of these episodes. Like, really, really like both of these episodes. Okay. Um, there is. I can't find much information, but there's like you know reggae music playing when the stylers are driving around. But it's so creepy as well. I was gonna mention that, and I've got it so many times in my notes. Like. I never thought reggae could be so <laughs> creepy and ominous. Like, just when you hear that muffled reggae music just, like, going past, like, in the car. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Oh. So, I couldn't find anything that it was a specific song, but what I could find is um, Adrian Young had come up with a song that I think is on the soundtrack. I'm, I've not listened to the soundtrack. I've not gone there because I don't want to be spoiled with music. Um but it's a song, an instrumental called Styler's Dub. And oh. supposedly that's the song that's playing. But I think there's like some inconsistencies because I feel like during when they're in the car, sometimes you hear like lyrics in the background, like from a yeah. distance. And in the um, Styler's Dub, there's no lyrics. But that could, I mean, who knows? It, it could be that they use Oh, it. that is on the soundtrack. You're yeah, right. So yeah, so it could the music from it and that's what he created and maybe they threw some like lyrics to muffle out in the background so it sounds different mm -hmm. i don't know um that's about as all, all i could find with that um okay so then episode seven we get stephen marley which was so good amazing. and i thought it was like when you were talking about bob marley i think a few yeah. weeks ago as well i was like i was like <laughs> clapping my hands <laughs> um, i think it was a perfect episode for him like just the yeah. The way it played in where he's like performing as Bushmaster's taking over Harlan's Paradise, it was great. I was like, the whole thing was wonderful. So if you don't know, he's one of Bob Marley's sons. Uh, he started off playing in his, in Ziggy Marley's band, the Melody Makers, when he was like seven. He was like a child. Mm. Uh, and then he eventually joined the Wailers, which is Bob Marley's band. Uh, and he since has, like, won Grammys. He's produced music for his brother Damien. He's produced music for Nas and the Fugees. And in this episode, he sings the song Chase Them and You're Gonna Leave. So there you go. There's the music. So good. I was over the moon when he showed up. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, Tech and I were yeah. like, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was really 
really um, good. And I just thought, like I said, the timing of where they placed him in the show was mm-hmm. great. It just worked out so perfectly. Yeah. So many of the songs as well, like uh-huh. it, it, this 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 show could be a musical, you know, because like the lyrics to the songs just reflect what's happening in the show. Yeah. Because there's the song where there's all the stuff with Mariah and Tilda and it's like she's going to leave and um, And I can't think of the rest of the lyrics. I've written them down. So good. The way they edit on the lines as well, they they change the shot on just the right line of a song or Mm. do a camera manoeuvre on another line. It just, yeah, works so well. So good. Love it. Um, one of the things I was going to mention to you, Tammy, about the music is the two songs that you really liked last week by um, the blues singer whose name has completely left my head. Uh, they're both on the soundtrack. Oh, nice, nice, nice. So, yeah, that both of those tracks are on the soundtrack. And there's one of the Joy songs and there's one that I won't say because it will spoil it. I will say later in later episodes, the show becomes even more like a musical. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Um also, in other music news... I'm sorry about this. Uh, I'm imagining right. um, Hunter's Paradise is going to turn into a Lawn's Bar-style place uh, people sing karaoke. It turns into Bugsy Malone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, going there to sing karaoke and um, whoever's owning it at the time. At this point, uh, um, what's his name? Uh, reads are awful and <laughs> give some advice. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there was a uh, an interview with um, Adrian Young this week on the radio station at my work, which I haven't gone back to listen to yet, um, but he was talking about a little bit about Luke Cage and about Midnight Hour, which is um, the album he's done with Ali Shaheed Mohammed. Um, but I need to go back and listen to that because it sounded really interesting. Thank you for those tamjans, Tammy. No problem. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> Uh, right. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Luke. So we start uh, straight after last episode with Luke and Piranha running away from the gun gunfire, and this is Sheldon, uh, the character who we heard about last week. He's the brother of Gideon. So him, uh, Gideon, Sheldon, and uh, John grew up together, and um, tells them to search everywhere. And this is when we have this scene where <laughs> Luke lobs. <laughs> piranha across oh, from building it. to building yeah. <laughs> and then Luke leaps across as well like yeah. the boy who I could mean, fly or something for a second I thought he was going to give him a piggyback <laughs> oh that would be adorable I had that same thought <laughs> well, when, when he jumps when Luke himself jumps I'm like you're not Jessica you can't fly what are you doing <laughs> you're going to drop like a fucking rock you're so so big. <laughs> it's like that moment in Toy Story where Buzz like leaps at the end to fly, and then you see his face, and he just slowly falls. Uh, and then when the crabs on the rail at the end, I was expecting it to comically bend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love when he uh, he is questioning um, uh, Sheldon, and Sheldon like insults him. And then when Luke's walking away, he's saying what we were all thinking last week, which is, what does Russ Clam mean? <laughs> I was like, yeah, because I didn't know either. So good. He's the audience for us. Uh, so then we see a returning character from season one, which is Lonnie, which is quite cool, mm-hmm. who was the kid in season one. We haven't seen him uh, for a long time. And they're asking him where Luke is, and he sends them to Pops. 
and then he calls his mum and his aunt and tells them to stay inside. I and we get another love oh, that scene because that really, you know, that felt to me like, all right, this this is serious. This isn't just a Luke Cage beef going on. All of Harlem mm-hmm. is going to have to go on lockdown. And it shows that, yeah, this has happened before. And it's true, mm-hmm. like when you, especially when you're living in a city with close knit communities like that, something bad starts happening and everyone's like, all right, just stay inside. Just stay inside. Like, yeah, I know um, growing up, I was friends with somebody. Uh, it, they lived they lived in Harlem. Uh, and uh, basically it was, yeah, summertime. You don't leave the house like mm-hmm. he wasn't allowed to leave his house. So like, that's how I knew him. he would come out and uh, see me and stuff like that because his his mom's was just like, no, you're not going outside because there are certain times, certain days that it's just, no, you stay inside. And uh, Mm. it, it, I don't know, it just, it kind of like shook me to my core, that scene. And it made everything very serious. Whereas like other shows, they make things serious by hurting someone. And in this show, it, it was just, where's Luke Cage? And the kid responds, and then it's just, nope, something's wrong. Mom, stay inside. Mm-hmm. And I just, it, it carried so much weight, and it was such a little action. I love that. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think it was, yeah, it was great to, it, it felt very true to life. Yeah. I agree. I, I won't say it as eloquently as you did, Nutty, so I'm just going to go, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> the words, me, not speak well them or something <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, we get another returning character from season one which i was really happy to see which was connie yeah just for like a second putting her her bins out and i was like oh genghis connie yeah but, oh, I love her. Uh, <laughs> like a sign and it's like uh genghis connie's two or something like that on the sign <gasps> i didn't see that really i thought i saw something oh. and i was like yeah because the last one got destroyed Oh, if that was there, that yeah. is amazing. Oh, I'm kind of hoping she has a little sign that goes with it saying the revenge or something like that. <laughs> the revenge of Genghis Khan. Oh, yeah. amazing. Maybe she's got like a little Luke Cage Hall of Fame as well in there. And it's like, this is the brick that Luke <laughs> pulled off me to save my life. <laughs> she did Prana with the so it's, it's I don't think she would have had anything left. Oh, Piranha. Yeah. Um, and this is when Luke and Piranha head to the abandoned cinema to go and hide out. Um, and this is why when Luke is demanding to know why the stylers are after Piranha, um, and Piranha's like pretty upfront. I mean, he doesn't like try and be shifty at all. He's just like, yeah, I, I did a deal with Mariah and it's super dodge and that's it. Like, you know, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fair I, I, enough. I was just going to say, go ahead. Uh, I love the amount of backstory we get there. It's like, yeah, my mom worked for her grandma and oh, yeah, they yeah. put me through school. And yeah, I'm going to do this for them because why not? These people have been good to us, mm-hmm. you know? And, and that, like, one of the things that I love about Mariah is she is a hero in her own right. Mm-hmm. You know, like, she thinks she's doing awful things, right? But she's doing it because she's trying to make Harlem better. Like she has this, this focus in mind. Um, and they always say that, you know, a great villain is the hero hero of their own story. Um, and yeah. much like with Kingpin, uh, you know, and, and daredevil, both Mariah and Luke are trying to do the same thing, but different avenues. 
Yeah, and it's mm-hmm. so interesting as well, the more you hear about Mara Mabel, is she was trying to apparently do much the same thing. And yeah. as much as she doesn't want to realise it, Mariah is becoming Mara Mabel as every oh, yeah. episode passes. Yeah. And she would hate anyone to say that to her. And I love how, like, it, it seems to me, and maybe I've missed something, but it seems to me like they never put down the sex workers that worked for Mama Mabel. Like, Paramina's wow. moms, she was she worked for Mama Mabel, and it's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know, my dad yeah. was one of her Johns, and he didn't care about me, but, uh, yeah. But no. my mom did. My mom did. She took yeah. care of me, and, uh, you know, and, 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 and Mama Mabel took care of her, and nobody ever seems to, like, shame uh, these mm-hmm. these sex workers, and I think that that is uh, refreshing because we don't often see that on TV. Yeah, agreed. Um, I really like some of the, like the stuff he says. Like, um, I mean, we'll get to that that sort of scene um, a bit later, but I mentioned it now because you reminded me, Natty. Like little moments that you really like. You, you were saying the moment with Lonnie. I really like the moment where you know Piranha's talking about his dad, and he says, um, you know, his dad went crawling to him for money, or you know, mm-hmm. he, he basically. Got, you know, he became successful and his dad didn't and, you know, and he refused his dad help and Luke's like, oh, I bet that felt good. And he was like, yeah, it did in the moment. But the things that feel better over time are things like making sure my mum's taken care of, paying her bills, you know, ringing her every day and stuff. Mm. And then she says, I'm my own, you know, he says something like, I'm my own father or something. Yeah. He's the man taking care of his mum. I really like that. I just thought it was so lovely, like saying... You know, and it's again with revenge. We get a lot about revenge and vengeance in these episodes, and it's just saying, you know, revenge. Yeah, it's great, but it 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 doesn't last. Like to focus on the more positive things of building something rather than just knocking someone else down because they might have wronged you in the past. And it changes your opinion on this character quite quickly because previous episodes you feel like he's very scummy and very tacky. And then he's very clownish yeah. as well. And then yeah. this one, you see that that's a front, that it's a, almost a defense mechanism, and you know, he reveals who he really is. Yeah, yeah, he becomes much more human. Like, I really like the character of Piranha. I was kind of sad he didn't stick around for longer, you know. I loved yeah. him, I thought he and was great. <laughs> it was so, like, he's he's scummy but he's not and he's hilarious and i'm just like so sad i felt like especially these last couple episodes needed something light and he was it and it was great Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) and he's realistic like i mean Uh if there's somebody like luke cage walking around doing what he's doing you know there's going to be people like piranha idolizing him and what i love is that piranha idolizes him Meanwhile, he's Mariah's. Like he is in Mariah's pocket, and he's like, "Yeah, but he's yeah. still cool." And I yeah. think that yeah. that is uh, very real. And yeah. whilst at the same time, he's actually quite successful himself. He's oh, yeah. admiring someone for being successful in a different field that he could never be successful in, yeah. and it's kind of it's that kind of hero worship of, in some ways, you almost also a substitute father, even though we're closer in age. Yeah. Absolutely, mm-hmm. somebody to look up to. He he wanted um, a role model, and he made Luke his role model. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he yeah, also no. thought the Stylers were an R and B group, and that just makes me laugh. <laughs> <So. laughs> yeah. I knew you would like that line. <laughs> it does sound like an R and B group. Yeah, 
<laughs> it really does. Well, it just just makes me think of the stylistics who were in season yeah. one. You know, the stylistics, the stylists. Um, yeah, I just want to check. Will, are you still online? I'm still. <laughs> oh, cool. Sorry. Because. <laughs> There was like your your square on Skype was doing some weird stuff, and I was like, "Is Will there? Has he been?" So I told you what's happening. Okay, cool. I was worried about I was you, Will. You know, I got to check on you. Dimension, sorry. <laughs> 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 <Ooh. laughs> nice. Um, the next time we see them, Prana and Luke, is when Prana is just like telling Luke all about the Atrius plastic deal, and this is when he's like, "Yeah, I've got temporary power of attorney," and Luke's like, "Kaching, yeah. best bargaining chip ever." <laughs> Like, yeah, Mariah had to, like, did Mariah not think, that's kind of a big weak spot of my money, you know, giving it all to this one guy. I mean, Shades knew it. Shades was like, yeah. you did what? what did you I do? knew it. I yeah, exactly. heard it, and I was like, oh, yeah. are you freaking kidding me? Like, he's just going to yeah. run off with all that. And then it wasn't until uh, Piranha started explaining his backstory that I was like, that's why she trusted him. Because yeah. she knew mm-hmm. he was family. Yeah. Yeah. Well, family first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Which, again, we have to talk about shades again, as well. <laughs> a brilliant thing that um, I'm, I can never remember his name in all of this. The main villain. Bushmaster? Bushmaster oh, Bushmaster. Fishmonger. Yeah, he's got that same philosophy, but he's the ultimate. The family that, first one, yeah. The end result of that is to go after Mariah. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's. Oh, I just. I love this show so much. I love these characters so much. Uh, spoilers for my my uh, review later. Uh, so DW calls Luke and tells him that there are two guys looking shifty at Pops, uh, which obviously we know is Comanche and Shades. Then we the next time we see them is when the I think the cab pulls up to the cinema, um, and then they call Sheldon to say, "Hey, maybe he's hiding in here." And this is when we find out all about Piranha's uh, background and. Luke is so cheesy because like Piranha asks about Luke's dad and he's like what was he called yeah. again Rev something and he's like Reverend Nunya Nunya business oh, I was like coming, right? oh. I just like that Piranha goes is that Swahili <laughs> yeah. I was like Luke that was painful oh. um, he's definitely so I think hornier this season than he was last oh, he's like, so yeah, really was, yeah. Yeah, they lean into yeah. it this season. <laughs> uh, when Luke re- returns from um, speaking to uh, uh, Misty on the phone, Piranha is gone, and these men are dragging him outside. <laughs> Poor Piranha, <laughs> can't get a break. And this is when Luke leaps through the wall like the Kool-Aid man. Does he have um, kind of... Uh... Uh, not purple, not pink. What's the shade? But he's got a certain line behind him that, yeah, that's. Oh, it's red. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I knew it was somewhere like a very in that dark same pink. range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, wow, they're using red lighting for a Luke uh, fight scene. That's usually uh, Daredevil's yeah. thing. Well, get a I, yellow bulb in there. Now, now uh, Luke is kind of. Out the picture for all of them. Maybe they're just taking on little aspects of his character, like Luke gets his lighting, Danny gets his costume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, so Luke takes the men out one by one and throws a chair at one of them, and yeah. then another one he punches through a wall, which was great. 
that whole scene <laughs> and presumably so out of the series yeah it's so good i love it being in an old cinema as well like rather than another old warehouse you know we see old warehouses so much in the show I was like, yeah, I like it just being this abandoned cinema. It's cool. Another old cinema, though, because we had an old cinema in season one of Luke Cage. I think we also did in Defenders as well. Yeah. Oh, that. oh we had a theatre. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember. Oh, I do remember it in season one of Luke Cage. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> mm. oh, lots of abandoned cinemas in Harlem. <laughs> uh, so Piranha and Luke uh, head to James's church. And Luke asks James to hide Piranha. Um, and then Luke uses Shelton's phone um, to call Bushmaster for a good old-fashioned showdown <laughs> for Piranha and Harlem. High bridge at high noon. <laughs> yeah. Again, it's pretty cheesy. It's all uh, pretty corny no, as well. They really shouldn't suggest... Sorry, yeah. I, gotta, I gotta throw out there. High bridge is not in Harlem. <laughs> it's it's connected what? Manhattan to the Bronx, but it's actually like not even touching Harlem. Um, <laughs> but that's okay, whatever. It's close enough. Uh, but I just it, it it was one of those things where I'm like, I wonder if people who are unfamiliar with how the boroughs are are thinking like, oh, they're meeting from their two different boroughs, but there's no place where Harlem and Brooklyn connect. <laughs> <laughs> True. If if they had made them, you know, from the Bronx or whatever, maybe we could have that analogy or whatever. But yeah, no. Um, Still, but it I is think, a beautiful bridge. Hmm? Yeah, and they were just missing something because it's high bridge at high noon. They should have had high tea. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's not really a New York thing. <laughs> That'd have been adorable. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Civilized people do that. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, and this is where we get the Bob Marley playing, and it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you think of this fight? Because at first, like, Luke is totally winning. Yeah, and Luke's learned some moves. Yeah. Yeah, because, well, yeah definitely. He's been hanging out with Danny. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, like he used to just, uh, I'm just going to throw things. And, I mean, he had some boxing background, but he never really used it. But he's fighting somebody who's a, a bit of a super and um, Bushmaster's got uh, Capoeira, so I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he actually has to uh, utilize some fighting skills, which I was I was actually impressed with. I was like, all right, here we go. Uh, he's got some skills, but it's obvious that he's like, oh, he's not uh, totally having better skills than Bushmaster. It's it's mm-hmm. uh, he's got to fight for it, you know, whatever. And, yeah, um, I yeah. Do, mm-hmm. I, I do like it, and it's a way to do something like this as well. Have someone outskilled someone who's stronger and I mean one of the problems uh, the show Flash has had in the past um, with its main villains he just had a villain who is faster than the Flash and that's not really that interesting but mm. if you've got like this someone who's very strong against someone who's highly skilled you get an yeah. interesting fight you get an interesting mm-hmm. dynamic out of it yeah and I like that what how Bushma- I mean, Bushmaster beats Luke by, you know, blowing some magic dust in his face, yeah. um, which I like. It reminds me of, like, Serpent in the Rainbow and, you know, like zombie powder that makes people paralyzed and stuff. But I like that he beats Luke with this thing that Luke would probably completely scoff at, because we know how Luke sort of reacted to, like, Danny sort of magical chi fist you know in Defenders where he's just like whatever you know so Luke would probably be like magic powder yeah right you know 
And I like that's how Bushmaster beats Luke in this moment. And it also, to me, feels like it's definitely setting up the fact that he needs someone there by his side. He actually needs a partner because... Yeah. He's strong. Yeah. He needs to. He needs to be Misty's sidekick. I yeah, mean, it's yeah. just the way it and is. And then later on, sidekick. Yeah. Well, not sidekick. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Because I, I haven't read the comics, but I've heard enough about it that I'm excited to see that dynamic actually in a full series. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, but yeah. In, the, in the in the screen dynamic, we're definitely going Misty, Luke, Danny's underneath all of them. <laughs> 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 When he blew the powder in uh, Luke's face, I wrote in my notes, Bushmaster's a cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater. <laughs> yeah, we can't win. Because I could just hear, exactly, I could just hear Tammy's voice in my head saying that. <laughs> I, I do want to say, and I don't know if it shows up so much in this episode, but it's definitely something I noticed in uh, the season overall. Uh, I love how everyone does not pronounce the R because New Yorkers would not. <laughs> it, it's Bushmaster. Oh yeah, Bushmaster. Every New Yorker, yeah. it's Bushmaster, not Bushmaster. Bushmaster. Yeah. <laughs> right, I just, just a little like, yeah, all right, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, well, that, oh, that, yeah. I like how they uh, use the word brethren a lot in these two episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Even when the subtitle said friends, they would say brethren on. I know. It, it's so great how the subtitles say something completely different oh, to like it. what they say. Yeah. It translates it. I love it so much. Oh, yeah, I mean, uh, Clara, I don't know about you, but it, I feel over here we uh, in the UK there there are a lot of Jamaicans around, and so on TV a lot and in other media. Mm-hmm. They, we've heard that a bit. We've heard the um, Jamaican dialect a bit, and it, it's refreshing to see it in an American show as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I clearly don't know as much about it as I thought I did because there was like terms I was like, oh, I don't know that. Yeah. But um, well, yeah, I I really like it. I love. How often do we hear the a Jamaican accent, but they never use like the Patois slang? And I love mm-hmm. how they're using all of the slang in here. And it's just, I mean, there were a couple of words I had to look up because I was like, I don't know what that means. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, but it was great because it was like, yeah, that's 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 a lot more realistic. I, I hate the, and you see it in, with other languages and accents. It's like people will speak with an accent, but then use the pronunciation of the country that they're filming in, you know. And it's like, well, why mm-hmm. would you... Why would you do that? That doesn't make sense. Um, and so I love that they're really bringing that in. And I take yeah. the subtitles uh, translating. Well, I mean, oh, I love it. one thing I've heard most is uh, Brethren, because I know young people who were trying to write that uh, a while ago, and that used to be a mm-hmm. thing of, you know, if you were trying to be, you know, a hard kid, you'd call people Brethren. Oh, <laughs> Just, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we had that a lot in London. I'm not sure I want to say it, but I just saw a word that they say is so vulgar you could get arrested for using around police officers or thrown out of a business for saying it. It's a it has clot on the end, but (laughs) anyway. I want to hear this now. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Bumbo clot. Oh yeah, yeah. That was an awesome one. <laughs> Quick arrest I Will. Say, now the police show up to Will's door. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> um next time we see Luke is when he's uh, still sinking in the water 
and Adele starts to sing Skyfall, which is all I thought was <laughs> of that song. Uh, <laughs> um, and we get a nice flashback of his life, including his mother and Reva and him wearing his tiara. And I wrote in my notes, where is Jessica? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why is she not in this flashback? I'm very upset. This uh, episode loses a point for that, I'm just going to say. Because y- you own that other show. You own <laughs> Jessica Jones season one. It's like, Get a shot of them in bed together. It's like as soon as they decided that Claire and Luke were going to be a thing, they're like, all right, let's just mm-hmm. forget the whole Jessica and Luke thing. And it's like, no, no, because they are much hotter together. Yeah. I know mm-hmm. all oh, about so, that. So much hotter. Exactly. My note. Um, And it would have been a nice reminder to audiences who haven't seen Jessica Jones necessarily. Mm -hmm. You know, a nice thing to know that they're linked in a way. My note on this was, didn't we talk about Luke potentially drowning last season and what would happen? We did. Okay. Uh, Yeah, we did. And like how it would work. Well, Well, I have a question later. When he's in the fire later, I was like, could Luke die of smoke inhalation? Well, he didn't die of drowning, so I... I, Yeah. And that's a weird thing. He was paralysed as well. So wouldn't he have died from oxygen deprivation because he wouldn't have been able to breathe out the carbon dioxide in his lungs? Well, he wouldn't be able to hold his breath. Yeah, I guess. Well, Well, I don't know how it depends, like, what's being paralysed. Is it his muscles or is it, like, everything within him? You know, how deep does it go? I, I think the way that it happened with the whole being in the water is uh, the water eventually washed the powder away. Um, I don't think that he breathed it in. I think it was a skin contact thing, which is why um, he be, it, it didn't affect his lungs. Comic yeah, book well, science. Dude, it's kind of amazing that it would get through his skin, though, because his skin's made of shiny shells. It's, it's magic. Yeah. Magic, yeah, true, it's magic. Well, we've uh, already established this. We all already established what? I didn't hear that. Uh, the Marvel Universe has magic, so it's magic. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I like that it's James that wakes him up mm-hmm. by sort of yelling Carl, because we get like a bit of a bit of father-son bonding and then not bonding in this episode. Mm. Um, and the first place Luke goes once he gets out of the river is to the church and collapses. Yeah, well, he gets uh, out of the river in a very dramatic rebirth pose, really. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't you <laughs> if you look like Mike Coulter I'd be the most like you know it's like he's doing the whole Ariel the Mermaid shot out of the little yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh, an hour later Luke wakes up on the pew and James greets him uh, Piranha left 30 minutes after Luke did and Luke's angry that James let Piranha go I have pretty much that such a James problem could do. with uh, with his dad I just really he's so hot and cold, you know, he is. Um, like for the beginning of this season, uh, anytime we saw him on his own, he was making a lot of sense. He he sounded like, all right, I know what this guy wants. And then anytime he'd see Luke, he'd be a dick, an absolute mm-hmm. dick to him. And it's like, how do you expect your son to want anything to do with you if this is the way you're talking to him? And the entire not- time. Go ahead. Sorry. I was just kind of, isn't that a little bit real, though, that some people bring out the worst in you, even though the rest of the time you're completely reasonable, some, especially for some people who have a very fractious relationship like that? 
Yeah, no, you know, and I, I get that. They, get, they can be idiots. Both yeah. of them can be idiots. No, I get that. Um, I just, I'm talking the character. He is hot and cold, and I don't like him. And I totally, I mean, maybe I'm internalizing because of my own issues, but I totally get Luke's, like, problem with him. And mm-hmm. um, I know that you guys probably covered this. I haven't listened to the episodes yet. I know you probably covered this, but, like, when Claire was trying to push him to talk to his dad, I was so mad at her because I was like, oh, Claire, yeah. that yeah. is not your place. It is not up to oh, you yeah. to decide what someone else's relationship with their parent is. That's and up to they, them. And what yeah. they need to move forward. I mean, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. When she went to see his dad, like, that was such a betrayal. I would be so oh, mad. Yeah, just like talking about crossing boundaries. My God. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Uh, yeah. She just stepped all over him, walked over there. It's like, what are you doing? No, exactly. That's, you know, we all said that. <laughs> but then, you know, once they got into the fight and he punched the wall, I was like, oh, no, that was on my player side. <laughs> yeah. So I just want to make sure. That oh, yeah. yeah. If, if, and those are two separate yeah. things. Those are exactly. two separate things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, if you listen to the episode, we were pretty much like that, you know, like a complete 180, I think, on exactly. how right. we thought of Claire in that episode. So when I see his dad, it's like, all right, so I thought they kind of made some head work. And then this scene, I'm just like, oh, God, I hate you. I just, I do yeah. not like his dad. And I was like, I don't, I don't know. Personally, there are, I there like are moments that I like him. Yeah. There, there was moments that I like him. Like, I like the moment like now we, where Luke puts on the shirt and then he like, or well, he gives him the shirt and then he gives him the ho- hoodie and he's sort of like, Oh, kind of your thing. Right. You know, he's trying to sort of make a little joke and stuff. Yeah. I don't know. That felt very, very real to me. Uh, uh, it's awkward. And Luke's just kind of like, uh, no, whatever, you know, um, I like that little moment. I think I know the moment you're talking about actually where it flips. So it's where Luke actually does call him on it and being a hypocrite, and then a couple of moments later, he, uh, James shows it by kind of getting angry that Luke's actually going out to try and help people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I he guess, says you don't have to help everyone. I guess the way I see it, and I'm not, I, I don't, I also I agree that he's running hot and cold, but I think that it's more because he's defensive. Like he knows he mm-hmm. did wrong. He yeah. knows he did wrong. And when he talked to he's Claire... He's very proud. He's yeah. a proud guy. And when he talked to Claire, he didn't realize he was talking about Luke either. He thought yeah. he was talking mm-hmm. to Claire about somebody else completely. Exactly. He didn't yeah, know yeah. together. But um, I think he's just more defensive. And until the very end when, you know, he explains to his dad, like, look, this is what happened. You took my mother away. And that was it. That's, you know, not only did you just blame me for her death, but that you took her away. So I never got to see her before she died. And I think that's Mm. when he kind of broke down and is really it's he knew he did wrong, but it's really starting to actually hit home for him. So I'm wondering, Mm. like, going forward after this episode, how their relationship will change. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, it's complicated, but I think that that's good. I like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I, well, that's I, real. I, I'm talking like, I, I feel like uh, I'm identifying with Luke here. Like, yeah, I'm yeah, just no. like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> And that is okay. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not criticizing the writing of the no, character no. so much. It's yeah. just more like, I just, I am, I'm fed up with him, you know? I'm just, uh Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just, it feels like such hypocrisy, especially yeah. if you're like standing there on the pulpit trying to, you know, you're, you're supposed to be yeah. teaching about love and forgiveness and you can't do this with your own son? Yeah. 
I mean, but I, that's so common, though. It is. It's, it is. You know. just, uh, and it's and I hope, uh, obviously, I haven't watched it ahead, but like, I just hope that Luke is. I don't know if if he needs to forgive him or not, but he's able to find peace in some way so he can move past this because it's obviously been whatever he wants to admit to himself is one thing, but it's obviously affected him a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it's affected his relationships. And, like, we're starting to see that this season with Luke. And I just hope that whatever happens, he can find peace with what how he's dealt with his dad. Whether they move on together or not, that's besides the point. Just that he finds peace so he can kind of be better, calmer. Yeah, yeah. And, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's interesting because I think just like you're relating to this, I think this is more common than other people probably realize yeah probably yeah. i mean a lot of us have problems with our parents yeah. you know yeah <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i've just been in a caravan with them for a week and oh yeah i never subject myself to a caravan with my father for a week. my mother i would sure sign me up but not my dad well well i went to a barbecue yesterday that my dad was holding and only spoke to him for about 15 minutes <laughs> out of the whole four hours of his life. Yeah, that sounds about right. That's a good ratio. Yeah. Yeah. It's all right. <laughs> You're on broken family. It's 15 minutes more than you had to, Ian. Yeah. So there you go. So the next scene when we see Luke is um, when we have this nice moment between him and Misty where they talk about Piranha in comparison to Candice, about how they can't, just because people do wrong things doesn't mean they don't need help. I like that as well. It's another little moment that I liked. And um, this is when Luke and Misty enter the garage and they have a awesome fight scene. And that's all we'll say. We'll <laughs> talk about it more when we talk about Misty. Yeah, I think that's yeah. right. <laughs> Uh, they manage to find out where Piranha is and uh, they enter another abandoned warehouse and they hear water sloshing and it's a fish tank containing Piranha's head with Piranha's eating it. It's nice. <laughs> not a nice way to go. I, I was just, I, I knew this is what was coming, but I was like so mm-hmm. mad because I'm like, Piranha, you dumb dumb. The moment you give them mm-hmm. what they want, you're dead. Mm. Yeah. yeah, you're dead no matter what. Like, what? When are people in TV gonna get this? <laughs> <laughs> you give them the one thing they need, you will die. You have to have leverage. Also, don't, well, there's another moment in the in this episode like that as well. The, uh, the the idea of piranhas and tell them why you love ideas of piranhas because they use piranhas and you're dead. Yeah, wow. Yeah, exactly. There's another moment like that which I'm like, why do people in TV do this? And it's when um, <laughs> it's when Shades and Comanche are having the conversation, and it's like, oh, here's some info, huh? Oh, who else knows this? Oh, no one but you and me. <laughs> it's like because then you know one of them is probably going to die. Do you know what I mean? It's to keep this secret. You get that a lot in shows, and it just drives me crazy. Yeah. No one knows what I mean. It's fine. <laughs> um, but I feel like that that really like. That's really just a TV show thing, because I'm like, I feel in real life, like, you know, hopefully you won't die if you just tell someone, no, it's just between you and me. <laughs> <laughs> I hope yeah. that you'll die. <laughs> <laughs> Always means, well, I mean, I told you about my dream earlier, Tammy, that's just between you and me, okay? I will say, as soon as Piranha, like, unloaded all the information Luke needed, I was like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
You're so dead. But that's TV mechanic, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can only get away with it if you're... Um, I, I'm doing this all the time today, but unless you're what's-his-name that appears uh, periodically in all the uh, Marvel Netflix... Turk? Yeah, unless you're Turk. You can get away with it if you're <laughs> yeah. Turk. Yeah. You can get away with it because he's so adorable. We we forget that he was trafficking women in the first episode he ever appeared. <laughs> and then we're just like, oh, Turk. He's he so name drop later, so that, that means he's going to show up, right? Yeah. Mm, not saying I hope so (laughs) anyway so we we talked a bit about Luke and James talking about forgiveness and you know and uh, James blaming Luke for her cancer and um, he he kind of James apologises for for what happened with with the mum and everything and um, says he was wrong and Luke it looks like Luke forgives him for that but then Luke remembers Willis And everything that happened because of Willis and is angry again. Um, and I like that this is happening the same time as we get the scene with Bushmaster and they're talking about, you know, forgiveness and vengeance and this kind of thing. Um, I really liked it. Uh, the last time we see Luke is when he runs into uh, the building and saves Mariah. Yeah. Yep. And that's the yeah, end of the episode. I'm surprised his shirt didn't get burnt off. I, I kind of do like to think maybe before that of what would Matt do? Oh, exactly. That needs to be a t-shirt. What would Matt do? He'd probably lob a fire extinguisher at someone's head like he (laughs) tends to do. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Let's talk about Mariah and Tilda. Ah. Tilda's not in the first episode, but the first time we see Mariah is when um, she's in the interrogation room and she's talking to uh, the captain, who I will now call Tommy, because I can never remember his surname. I think it's Ridenhauer. Yeah, well, I call him Captain Tom. Uh, yeah, and we find out about her history as Maymay. Uh huh. So yeah, Mariah this is interesting. knows everyone. This is this is yeah. one of those things. Mariah knows everyone. Uh, the guy mm-hmm. that they blackmailed, his wife is another sorority sister of hers. Uh, the mm-hmm. the captain of the precinct, uh, he dated her. Um. You know, in in the last season, like the other captain was a, her sorority sister. Like she mm-hmm. just knows everyone, and that <laughs> really speaks to the fact that it's like, yes, Mariah. When Mariah says she's Harlem, she's right. Yeah, she knows everyone. Harlem. Like everybody's got somebody like that in their neighborhood. Uh, if you don't know them, then you're not connected to your neighborhood. But every neighborhood has one where it's like there is, as I call them, they're the mayor. They may not be actual mm-hmm. mayor, but they are the mayor. Everybody in town knows them, and there's nowhere they can go that they're not known. Um, and it's not just because she's a politician. It's because she all of these connections that we hear about have nothing to do with her political work. It has everything to do with her growing up, knowing people, Mama Mabel, all of that stuff. I mm-hmm. love it. Definitely. I, it makes this character more interesting as well, like the captain, because... Mm-hmm. So far, I mean, he, he, you know, you know, he's going to become, you know, he's going to give his his history and become more interesting. That means he's going to die. <laughs> uh, we know this by now. Um, but uh, like the fact that he's sort of willing to, you know, let her her um, her go almost, or not go, but sort of to give her a plea plea deal. You know, if she sort of throws shades under the bus and everything, and because yeah, he wants to, he wants her to, you know. He wants her to be okay. As much as he wants to um, commit, you know, 
get her full coverage. He wants to protect her at, at the same time, kind of. Mm-hmm. The whole thing of giving her a chance to actually fix herself. But mm-hmm. at the same time, she he's still got to do um, his job. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And we find out here as well, um, The in this scene, we find out the real name of Will's favourite character, Ray Ray, uh, Andre Jackson. Will, were you excited? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, but you've, you've wanted to know all the info about Ray Ray, and now we have his name. No, it would have been better if it was like Raymond or something. Oh, no. Raymond Raymondo. There's yeah. so many Rays. Yeah, we, we were talking about this last week. Like, everyone is everyone is Raymond. Yeah. It's the sequel to Everyone Loves Raymond. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. So next time we see Mariah, when do we see her next? It's when she's in the club and she's having a drink and calls Tilda and just gets the uh, the answer machine and gets the answer machine for Shades as well and just kind of is angry. And then Alex enters and she he joins her for a drink and she says that everyone she has ever loved has betrayed her and she realises that by protecting Piranha, Luke has actually helped her. And he helps her again by the end of the episode. Yeah. <gasps> mm-hmm. They're going to be best buds by the end of the season, I'm telling you. Oh, uh, when you Shades... find out that actually Mariah and um, James had an affair. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Luke is is her son. Um, and you also find out, because there's that comment about uh, Tilda's real father, you find out that Tilda's real father is Luke. Whoa. He was very young at the time, but, that? you know, it happened. <laughs> what, what, <laughs> it's very strange. Did uh, Mario get some artificial insemination or something? Oh, I don't want to know. Uh, sure. That would be far better than anything else happening. Yeah, exactly. It's not some kind of celebrity um, thing where the father is about the same age as the daughter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thing of, in Once Upon a Time, everyone is related to everyone else. Yeah. Or Mariah had an affair with Pops and Tilda is Pops' daughter. Um, seriously, seriously, <laughs> who does everyone think is Tilda's father? Um, and what's that about things. her real age? Mariah's uncle, because Mariah... That's what I think, too. Yeah. yeah. Ew. I know, that's why she's so upset about it. Yeah. and that's... We don't think it's uh, Captain Tommy? No, I don't. No. Not at all. <laughs> I feel like they would have made a bigger deal out of him, yeah. like saying something like, "That's my daughter too." That's whatever. Yeah. There would have been something more than the fact that he just knew who the father was. Yeah, and it feels like Mariah's husband was a way for Mariah to do more than escape the Stokes family name. It was kind of a way for her um, to actually it's almost an arranged marriage to cover the fact that she was pregnant. And uh, maybe uh, Mama Mabel had a hand in that, and um, Mariah's husband might have been a client. Mm. Interesting. I'm saying nothing. Mm. I'm saying nothing. Obviously, well. obviously, her dad is uh, her dad is stick. I mean, we yeah. all know it. I mean, come on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, so this is when we um, Mariah says that everything's her fault, and Shade says, "Hey, don't worry, baby." I know where all of Bushmaster's friends and family are. <laughs> That's very ominous. We also uh, get a mention of Tone from season one, which was nice. Yep. I was like, oh, Tone. Aww. And this is where Turk's name is dropped. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Which makes me go, all right, so it's her And he up. absolutely does not not he absolutely does not turn up later in the season. Mm-hmm. In a few episodes time. Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm waiting for it. Uh, <laughs> so Mariah is still freaking out. She wants to know where Piranha is from all her goons. Uh, she thinks they have a snitch among them and Comanche is looking nervous. And this is when she kind of freaks out a bit and stabs one of the goons in the hand. Oh, right. Oh, and Shades calms her down with his his kisses. I, uh, I, I, I still have this feeling from the way Shades earlier say uh, did the whole thing of have you told anyone about you know when uh, Mariah asked her have you told anyone else about this? She asked mm-hmm. about uh, said he had some information. So I I still think she thinks Shades is the snitch in this. Really? At this point, I think she mm. does. And it's just, she was just trying to do that to provoke Chase to say, are you actually going to own up to this? And she mm. she knew the guy uh, she stabbed was at the stage. She was just making a point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She. I think she was definitely making a point. She was like, hey, you uh, unnamed goon, I'm going to stab you in the hand. Why not? Uh, I love that when Shades and Mariah are kissing, the painting in the background has the crowns over both oh, their heads. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So good. I am, oh, I love it. Go ahead. I was going <laughs> to say, I, I like that part because earlier in the, at the end of the last episode, when she's, like, distrusting him, you only get Mariah under the crown that entire scene. Mm-hmm. You never oh, see him. Yeah, like that's not symbolism. And I just love it that that's how they use it, because that's how they use it in season one with Cornell. So I just love mm-hmm. that they've kept that going. Yeah. Yep. And they might use it again later. Mm-hmm. And because they've, because they've set up that, uh, that symbolism, uh, it's something that viewers are looking for. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's not subtle at all. It's, no. it's just, yeah, I love that. Uh, no, I just want to say, like, Mariah and Shades, I am here for that. I am all over that. I love it. Uh, at the beginning of the season, I was like, is he really as into her as he is? But no, he is 100% into her. And when she stabbed that guy through the hand, like, he was so turned on. What, <laughs> he was what? so oh, turned yeah. on. He was like, that's my lady. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> sure she's as into him as he's into her. But I don't care. I'm I'm for it. I love it. Also, <laughs> what's Shade's uh, real name again? Hernan. Hernan. Because I, 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 I've noticed that he really isn't wearing the shades much at the moment, and I think he's not actually really shades unless he's actually wearing the shade, so he's just Hernan at this point. And mm-hmm. at the end of episode seven, he, he feels like he's becoming shades again. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's got to take those shades off so we can see his his... His pretty tears running down his cheeks later. Oh, yeah, yeah. His Dean Winchester, yes. one sad tear. <laughs> uh. um, we, uh, next time we see uh, Mariah and Tilda is when Tilda is playing the keyboard and is just saying to Mariah, you know, just walk away from this mess. Playing the sp- same and, song, actually, that uh, uh, Mariah Mm-hmm. And I'll say again, put a little uh, a little ear pin or something in that song. Mm. I'll give you a little wink. An ear pin? Wow. I don't know what an ear, <laughs> yeah, an ear pin is. What? I don't know either, but that, put, that, put that, one that in that song. Like sure. Your ear pissed or something. Yeah, yeah sure. Sounds like it hurts. And this is when uh, Mariah says that Tilda doesn't know all about her father. Mm. Mm. Nope. And then later she learns about Piranha's death from uh, Captain Tommy and his 
you know, really upset. And he says, look, you know, this is when he says about doing a deal. He still cares about her. And this is when he says about Tilda. Mariah almost died when giving birth to her. Tilda doesn't know her real age or her father. Mariah begs for time to think. And this is when she checks the laptop and finds the bank account empty and screams at Alex that they have to leave immediately. Yeah, I mean, before this, um, when, just before the captain leaves, it does seem like she does at least care a little bit about the captain. You know, it does remember their uh, former relationship a bit. I kind of wonder if, like, if she hadn't got pregnant, would they have ended up together? Yeah, maybe. You know, there seems regret on both sides. Yeah. So, I don't know, maybe we'll find out more later, I don't know. Seeing so many people from Mariah's past that she's grown up with, it's like they all care about each other. They all have this connection, and it's... Mm -hmm. So it's sad, like, when one of them dies, or they're disappointed in one another, or they have these arguments that... like as a viewer, like I feel mm-hmm. that it's they're so good. All these actors are so good this season. Oh, they're brilliant. Love them. I I just yeah. want to say that um, it gets even better. But uh, Alfred <laughs> Woodard, Alfred Woodard needs to be nominated for an uh, what is it an Emmy for TV? An show? Emmy. Yeah, she needs an mm-hmm. Emmy. She needs she deserves it. Uh, she mm-hmm. is amazing. I have always been a fan of hers, but like. Her as Mariah is, oh my God, she is amazing because she will go through every freaking emotion, and mm-hmm. she deserves credit for this. I don't. I think I think there's a few um, actors, not necessarily in this season, that should be nominated. I think Janet McTeer was really good in Jessica Jones season two um, as well, yeah. and I think there's other actors like I think um, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio as Wilson Fisk. Um, but I just don't think they will, I know. unfortunately. I think it would just be technical well. awards. This, oh, this definitely, yeah. The problem yeah. with uh, Specfic is that, uh, number one, Specfic doesn't get, like, any attention. Number two, unless you're on a major network, uh, you barely get anything. Uh, and if you're streaming, oh, boy, you know, I mean, it's really difficult mm-hmm. to get anything, any recognition at all. But, I mean, I just think that, like, this acting is so deserving. I... Um, I don't know. I don't, and and I know how political these stupid awards things are. Um, if you want to know, like, it's just watch BoJack Horseman. Um, <laughs> it'll really show you like what it what it's all about. But uh, yes, that's fiction, but it's based on. Uh, um, but I just, I just, oh man, like, she just moves me in this show. I'm just mm-hmm. this. This is like she's so layered. Oh yeah, like you you look at this and it's like this this is acting. And I, I feel like not enough people are even talking about it, about there's her performance. A, mm-hmm. There's a reason why they kept the character around. It's a character that early earlier in season one, if it wasn't working, they could have gotten rid of quite easily. But it, it's played so well and so believably that it's it's just grown and developed over time into an amazing in-depth portrayal that you just want to see well every episode <laughs> well I do want to give the crew credit because like they cast Alfred freaking Woodard in this role like they knew that they needed a really good actress and they knew that they wanted this to be Luke's main villain um, I haven't seen the rest at the end of the season but I really hope that she continues and she'll be here next season because like this Mariah should be 
uh, Luke's Wilson Fisk. Mm-hmm. I, I just think, like, she, she, the character itself is so layered, but she plays it, I mean, just in her, her face, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And the way she delivers things, it's, there's such a depth there, and it's, it's, she's so real. It's really great. Really great. How old do, would all of you, uh, think that she, the actress is? And maybe Mariah? Mid, mid-50s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd be like 60-ish for the actress. It's interesting. Before you said that, I was actually going actually more like like 40, 49, uh, but Mariah would have been more like the in her 50s. So the actress is 65 years old. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, which I was really surprised at. Um, I don't think that she, she looks 65. Uh, but every now and then, like, the way that she moves, I, that's what made me look it up at one point. I think the character's playing, like, mid-50s, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because, you know, she's a politician. She has a daughter who's, like, tilt is what? Like, she's got to be, like, 35, right? We don't know. We don't know. We don't know, <laughs> we don't know how. <laughs> she doesn't either. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm so impressed. And I, I, I'm actually really happy uh that she is older because I think that's I don't know there's there's something really awesome because um a lot of older actresses they don't get cast in roles like this yeah you know? and uh, I think that's awesome. also she I like that she gets to be uh, uh, like sexual in this role as well oh, yeah. and she's an older actress yeah, I think that's very important so not not just the fact that usually crime bosses are male but usually they're men who you know maybe forty at the you know. Between thirty-five and they're physically intimidating, and she's teeny tiny. Yeah, you don't get this sort of different idea of what a crime boss can be. Yeah. Mm Mhm. Agreed. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's go on to someone else. We are running over. As long as you guys are all right with that, I just want to check. Yeah, I'm good. Okay, cool. So let's talk about Misty. Are we going to go back to talk about Shades at all? I just want to make sure. We should, okay. Yeah, Shades has his own yeah. section. Okay, just because yeah. usually you, you've been grouping Shades and Mariah together, so I just want to make sure. Okay. Well, I've grouped Shades and Comanche together yeah, for reasons. Yeah. Reasons. I can't wait to talk yeah. about that. Yeah, exactly. All right. Okay, let's talk about Misty because Misty, there's not much in these episodes. Well, there's a little bit. Um, So, first of all, when we see her is when Mariah is obviously being interrogated, and she finds out that the chief has given them 48 hours to get the situation under control, or they're going to send in ICE and the National Guard. Misty says they should get Luke to help, Um, but and then the captain is asking Misty about why she went to cockroaches. And she was like, oh, I was doing a welfare check, which I think is what we sort of guess she'd say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It would make the last week. Yeah. Uh, Misty wants to talk to Mariah, but instead Captain Tommy sends her home and she punches the metal shelf with her robot arm and looks in shock at her hand. And I am jumping up and down <laughs> yes. and cheering. Uh, uh, and I'm, I'm so just, happy. I just want to see the scene where she decides to press that button on her arm and see what that does. <laughs> when it shoots, uh, it shoots like um, How is that not the pulse first ray thing out that or something. Do? You get an arm, a robot arm, and it has a big red button <laughs> on it. How is yeah. that not the first thing you do? 
Maybe she's worried that then the robot arm will fall off as well, and she'll be like, oh no. Or, <laughs> it's like an eject button. Even when you're getting it fitted, you ask the person that there, what does this red button do? Yeah. Never push the red button. <laughs> and then that's the first exactly. thing she does. Yeah. <laughs> Next time we see her, she's eating at a bistro with a man called Question Mark. I don't think we get a name. But it's her old psychiatrist, um, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah. Um, season one. Oh, yeah, that was it. Uh, I forgot we saw him in season one. Um, and Misty remembers when the bistro was a weed spot. And I like that he is able to joke about her arm. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, it's not awkward. It's just relaxed. I love it. And this is when she tells him confidentially about wanting to plant evidence on cockroach. And he tells her to be honest with herself about who she is, not who people want her to be. And I'm like, yes, Misty, yeah. you're a daughter of the dragon. <laughs> yeah. Go yeah, go find Colleen, Misty. Leave the police. Go find Colleen. This guy is awesome. He, he, he gives the right sort of advice in just the right way, Misty, you'll actually take it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I really like him. Um, so Misty goes back to Captain Tommy and gives him the bullet and tells him exactly what she was going to do and he sort of says to her you know you didn't do it that's the important thing but she says well I can't live with the fact that I was going to or that she um you know and what does that mean does it mean that she's going to become like Scarf and then she hands in her gun and her badge and I'm jumping and cheering because yeah. I'm like yep. oh, Daughters of the Dragon Daughters of the Dragon yeah. spin-off <laughs> yep uh, also oh. because, yeah she's been hanging around with heroes and yeah I like the way they do things rather than the way we do things to the police <laughs> yeah and you would be worried that you you know it's like am I turning into Scarf yeah and, yeah. and I, think, you know. I think if she didn't have that fear that that's a problem I think, um, you know, I know a lot of, uh, we see it a lot on TV, and I'm sure it happens in real life, where when you feel like you know somebody's doing something wrong, but you're being held back by the rules. Now, the rules are there for a reason. Um, uh, so breaking them is not a good idea. But uh, I can understand people getting very frustrated when they see the same people getting away with hurting other people and not being able to do anything about it. Um but I and, and so it can be very easy and very tempting to, you know, plant evidence to break the rules and to become corrupt. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think if if you just sit there and justify, well, I'm doing the greater good, the end justifies the mean. That's when you become the villain. You know, that's when uh, you do become scarf and that if you don't stop and question, am I doing the right thing? Why am I doing this? Um, that that's a problem. Yeah, mm-hmm. what she needs to do now is go out to get a private investigator's license. <laughs> <sighs> Don't I just oh I just need it to happen. Um, the captain goes to her later and he says that he needs Misty to help uh, deal with Luke, um, and he needs Luke to hand uh, Piranha over ASAP. But Misty's unsure, so it doesn't do it. So instead, she visits Luke at Pops. Um, uh, you know, mentions him about Piranha, and this is when they talk about Candice, and this is when they have that awesome garage fight, which is amazing. Yeah. Misty's sleeve gets ripped off, and I put uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. I put eight hearts no, that after Misty's name. <laughs> I... The bit where the goon 
is running away and Luke goes to go after him, but Misty just runs yeah. and just leaps on him. Oh, yeah, and then that was amazing. The other guy casually. Yeah, it was so good. And when Luke, the guy starts shooting and Luke like is protecting her behind him. Oh, I loved it. It was great. I, I love that scene. That whole scene. I just absolutely love it. And she's kicking butt and. Oh, I adore Misty. Yeah, and, and Luke yeah. just stands yeah. back at one point and no, you got this. <laughs> He's enjoying it. Yeah. yeah. He is sitting back and just enjoying, enjoying it. And we all know that Luke is a cape chaser. Okay? So mm-hmm. he is just like, oh yeah, check that out. Alright, I'm into this. Mm. He's like, I've already had that. I've had that. But I might have it again. <laughs> but now, <laughs> mm, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, when they find Piranha's head, um, the captain tells uh, Misty that there's no proof that it was Bushmaster and obviously frustrating Misty because it's obvious it was Bushmaster. Um, and the captain wants to cut a deal with Mariah to stop the bloodshed. And this is when Misty gets angry and says that maybe becoming like the captain would be worse than becoming um, like Scarf. And I put sassy Misty, one heart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, when she talks Nandi. Oh, when she tells Nandi. Yeah. I was like, well, I know Tammy will like that line. Um, and they tell they all tell her to leave because of protocol. And Luke's, uh, I forgot to mention, Luke's obviously very sad about Piranha's death because he does the sad little Charlie Brown walk away. <laughs> it's quite funny. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. And next time we see Misty is when she goes to the bar and is flirting with this man. I, mm. I was like, you go, Misty. She, she yeah, was feeling cute. good about herself. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And Well, until she found out about the uh, captain. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, that's, and, that's but the man, st- man stroking her robot hand, it was like, oh, yeah. Um, so she obviously immediately leaves and uh, sees uh, Captain Tommy's body and cries. And that's the last time we see her. Uh, okay, we wanted to talk about it. We've got Bushmaster to go still, but let's talk about Shades and Comanche. Yeah, I love it. Oh, I thought you guys would. Uh, do you guys just want to go? Because we have like lots of stuff to cover, and it's quite a big thing over these episodes. So, just go. Whoever wants to go first. Uh, let's see. Uh, I, I can I say I am ecstatic that we have a bisexual character oh my I know, god yeah. I was like shades is bi I was so happy bisexual character but really disappointed that we we've got a bisexual character that can't fully admit to himself that he, you know he's bisexual well he told uh, he did tell um, Comanche that he loved him at the end after he killed him he did but I'm still I'm still happy because it's it's still better than a, a bisexual character that we would get in like the 90s where it's someone going, I've got a boyfriend and a girlfriend. I'm bisexual audience. Oink. Like, well, you know, it, it's... It also, um, it, it, it represents the whole fluid nature of sexuality and, um, mm-hmm. you know, that he may not be there where he's going to call himself bisexual, but he is obviously... Mm-hmm. Ha- I mean, that was not just a you know, wall in lockup kind of thing, because if that were the case, why would you partner up with the person you grew up with and you actually do really care about and think yeah. of as your brother? No, you pick that person because you love him. Um, yeah. And uh, I think that uh, it's really good to have, you know, not a stereotypical um, representation, but to have some uh, some internal angst going on there. 
it, it was mm-hmm. really clear throughout these two episodes especially that they were in love at least at one point but I think still are yeah um, even well Comanche definitely yeah. I mean they both but, are and Comanche admits it but the fact yeah. you even the scene when they're at the restaurant it was filmed and framed in such a way as it would be normally this would be a, a, a date if they were out and open yeah you know and the the whole scene uh makes sense to me like uh so once once you know comanche starts talking and, and you realize and you're like oh that makes everything else make sense why was comanche mm-hmm. so uh against everything mariah did because he was jealous of mariah why is she the looks he gave shades giving yeah. everything that comanche does when he would mm-hmm. never do that to anyone else he, he's killed people he grew up with but why does Comanche get forgiven for all of these things and excused? Because he loves him, because they yeah. have a relationship, because he he's not willing to admit that his boy could be uh, could yeah. be wrong. What did you guys? What was your reaction, um, uh, rest of you guys, when you had that conversation and you started to realize, oh, about their relationship? I oh, I loved it. Mm-hmm. Mm. that scene in Pops where they're sitting on the chairs and it was was an emotional scene and I thought like an actor that plays Shades we never get to see him do anything like that so when I was watching it like it almost came out of nowhere and I was like so pleasantly surprised I was just like oh he really can act this is great Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. another moment for me where he Again, I'm blanking on his name, but where he's not playing Shades, the persona, but where he's playing... He's playing Hanan. Yes. This is Hanan. Yeah. Yep. And mm-hmm. that, that's significant, I think. And it's, again, it would feel really well that they were back-to-back. It made practical sense mm-hmm. for what they were doing, but it worked so well for the scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that really quiet moment at the end of that scene where... Um, you know, like Comanche says, he is who he is. You know, he loves he loves Shades. He's still serious about Shades. And then Shades says, it is what it is. You know, the situation is what it is. It can't be anything more. Yeah. But then we get that quiet moment at the end where Shades kind of is talking about time. And then he sort of says, time reveals all. Yeah. And it's kind of sad. And oh, oh I just loved that moment. It was because yeah. I knew what was going to come. And I, it sort of gave me chills a bit, you know. Oh, Did make you realize it at that point or was it later? I think he had an idea. Yeah, I think, I think, I think he realized it, but he didn't want to admit it at that point. He didn't, yeah. didn't want to admit it was yeah. true. But also, I feel with that line as well, um, saying is it is what it is. It almost feels like, um, and I was saying, well, if the world was different, I would be with you. Mm. <laughs> it, it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, if things were different, if, you know, a lot of things, but they aren't, and this is it. And also, we know that Shades does love Mariah yeah, as well. exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and for that reason so, alone, I think he wouldn't be able to be with Comanche, unless Mariah were out of the picture or something happened with the relationship. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. see Mariah being the type who's okay with sharing. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I don't yeah, see yeah. her being too poly. Um, and I'm not sure Comanche yeah. would be okay with that either. No, probably not. Yeah. I think it would be like a, yeah, yeah that, I don't think it would work like that. <laughs> yeah. 
the scene the scene like where um shades finds comanche talking to the captain and like the, the captain gets gets killed obviously and then shades is like oh yeah and we'll say this and that did any of you guys like think oh yeah totally this is gonna you know like not think that he'd realized you know that it, he was basically doing an act no because of the way he was saying it was so clear that he w- didn't want to be saying this he didn't actually mm-hmm. want to be saying this like this but he knew what he felt like he had to kill him and that he had to start putting on this act it was i have to do this but i don't want to be doing this to you yeah mm-hmm. it was with anyone else, I think he would have shot him straight away, but it was almost as if trying to give him an owl, trying to say, you know what I'm about to do, get away. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I like that take, I hadn't really thought of that. It's cool. It was, it was, I mean, it's so sad when he, this like last little moment between them, it's, oh, it's so good. And we don't get like this kind of thing with shades very often. We don't get shades really acting. You know? I wish we did more. Like after this scene, I was like, God, yeah. I wish we got more of him acting. Yeah, and and that line he says at the end when he does become shades again, I think is, uh, "I was blinded to you, bl- blinded to your betrayal because I loved you. Thank you for showing that mm. to me." It's kind. Of, I yeah. think. I think he and he sees it as a weakness. He, he's yeah. seeing that as a weakness. And, might actually apply it to his relationship That's with Moriah. I, I thought too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I felt like at the end when he saw burning in the city, I don't think he was upset by it. No. 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 Again, he's excited by it. Yeah. That's why he put on the shades. It's okay. Time to be shades. Yeah. Time to go yeah. back to being shades. Yeah. Leave her none behind. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, any other notes on them? I mean, there wasn't actually many scenes, but oh, they were scenes and a half. Yeah, they, they were... I love them so much. I just... I thought they were so well played yeah. by both actors. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah loved it. And he wasn't forced in any way. It felt real enough and it, casual enough, if you get what I mean, of kind of... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just gives so much depth to yeah, shades that we don't have. These are real people, and they they just happen to be two men who are in love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I loved it, loved it, loved it, loved um, it. And I did want to mention, yeah. I, I had seen a thing that, so I really liked when they're having, like, the, the restaurant, and Shades kind of feeling them out, and and uh, Comanche's like, oh, yeah, it's sugar, I really, you know, he cried during this. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And Aaron's like, I cried during This Is Us. And there's like that passage, and you're like, oh my god, that's hysterical. So I don't watch that show, but um, apparently uh, Bobby Fish is a regular. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know. I read that somewhere. Oh, I've never I've never seen it. I don't really I have, know much yeah, about it. I, 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 I have heard that people cry a lot at that show. Yeah, yeah it's that's the crying I, show. It is yeah, the it was, crying show. Like, uh, Parenthood or something. Like, I cried all the time at Parenthood, so that's kind of why I've like, been putting off watching This Is Us. I'm like, I don't need another <laughs> crying show in my life, and I cried all the time at that show. <laughs> I have I have no interest in it, but um, I just thought that that was a funny, uh, nice. a funny little connection. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Right. Uh, Bushmaster. Oh, yeah. 
So first, oh yeah, he's a character. Um, and we get quite a lot of him in this one. So we have run quite long on this, but I think there's a lot of character stuff in these episodes. Yeah. That, you do need you know, to dig to into. Discuss. I mean, Bushmaster oh, in these two episodes, I feel, becomes a more rounded character up until this point. He has kind of felt a little bit two-dimensional. There's been a hints and here and there to make him a bit more than that. But in this one, you really start to get... a understanding of who he is and aside from Diamondback last year most of the villains in these Netflix series do get that do get that ability to become more than the villain Mm -hmm. yeah definitely I'd say maybe Harold didn't as well in uh, Iron Fist he was quite just villainous although he wasn't around as too long. He was. He only. He fit, I know it's hard for season. It only feels like he was around for four episodes, though. I know, but you I mean he came back pretty early on. Mm. Yeah. Uh, well, I will say, Tammy, yeah. Tammy Tams. You, I think it was last week you were saying about Bushmaster. Once you found out it was sort of for revenge, you said he. You found him a lot less interesting. Yeah. When we find out more of the reasons why in this episode, obviously what was done to his family, like how how do you feel about him now? Um, I liked him better again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. And, and, and not even this, uh, not in the first episode that we watched, but like the second, uh, episode seven. Yeah. That's when I found him more interesting. Because even when he talked to his uncle, it still was just revenge to me. And I was like, okay, so what? Like your family died. That sucks. It's but it's still revenge and there's nothing interesting there. But then when you find out like the depths of what happened, it's not just that Buggy shot his dad and his dad died and then Bug you know Buggy got shot and then died days later. Like it's not just that. It was the fact that he was fine. His mom was fine. They were going to be okay. His mm-hmm. mom went back to Jamaica with him and they were going to continue living their lives and be okay. It was the fact that Mariah's family went after his mom and him to kill yeah. his father. Yeah, I couldn't let it go. Like that, yeah. that, to me, was like the turning point. I was like, okay, now now I get it. It's deeper than just a revenge. Yeah. It's deeper than that. Whereas, like, up until that point, like I said, even when he was talking about it in episode six, I was like, yeah, this is like a played out story. Like this, <laughs> like, It felt petty. It felt really yeah. petty. And I was like, mm-hmm. really? This is what fuels it? Um, yeah. But it took it took that you know yeah. seeing his mother yeah that 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 brought it around and also yeah. it felt like mm-hmm. even in that scene he was he he didn't just go after him it was also right I'm trying to bone both of you but given the way you react you're Mariah's reminding him of his mother a little bit so mm-hmm. he gives Mariah's daughter this chance to. Yeah. save Mariah or escape and it's just okay which one are you going to choose I didn't well, it shows as well there's yeah. guilt on his side because yeah. he didn't save his mother yeah yeah. and if he didn't do that he would have guaranteed uh, Mariah's death but he gave he there was a chance there for Mariah not to die and he chose it yeah mm-hmm. I also uh, like that he used the Harlem's Paradise matchbook <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yes. <laughs> um, I also think he made classic villain mistake by I'm just gonna leave you in a burning oh, house yeah. and leave. I, I'm not actually oh, gonna yeah. throw the 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 gasoline on you. Like if if you wanted Mariah dead, throw the gasoline on her. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. But he also does give Tilda the chance to save yeah. Mariah, so he yeah. must in part think that maybe Mariah will survive. But I mean, even if she does survive, she's lost everything. Yeah, and in a sense, he might be okay with her seeing that. Yeah, mm-hmm. because yeah I, I think, think so as well. It might have been just to burn her house down, just like his house was burnt down. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, with all it's, her possessions in. I, mean, I think he thinks you know. of it as retribution rather than revenge. He's kind of more revenge, but I think he thinks of it as retribution. Yeah, we also think it's 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 rightfully his. Yeah, yeah. you know. It's his, it, you know, Harlem me birthright. <laughs> <laughs> There's an interesting uh, twist in this as well, where he mentions that um, he, his father and um, Buggy. What's his name? Uh, uh, his dad's Quincy, and Buggy is yeah. Quincy uh, and Buggy's dishwashers. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is where we see Luke Cage at the beginning of season one. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I just love that little touch. It's yeah, you're actually tying your origins to Luke Cage's there without realizing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a, yeah, it was a cool little detail. Yeah. There's a, a bit as well in the scene where um, uh, Bushmaster's getting measured for the suit, and he's talking about you know his mum, how Gwen always said to always keep yourself looking good. It's how you carry yourself. It reminded me of the lyrics in uh, in season one of Luke Cage where we had the performance by Jadana and he sang the song um, Hell to the Chief, oh, which yeah. was the... Uh, oh, Cla- was it Class? No, it was Hell to the Chief, well, wasn't it? Does. I can't remember I which one. But he says, I don't want my best dress day in a casket. Yeah. You know. Oh, I, yeah, it just reminded me of that. They play. I thought they played Classic Man at some point, but yeah, they do. I think they do, yeah. he sings, yeah, Hell to the Chief. Yeah, and he's... Uh, the way he talked about how his mother says you, you should always dress well, it kind of it feels very much like something an older woman would say because my grandmother actually had a phrase that uh, uh, you can tell the quality of a man by his shoes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I've heard that. It, it, it's that sort of mentality of take care of the way you look and, you know, you'll be respected. Mm-hmm. And that'll help yeah, take care of yourself as well, internally as well. Both of those things at the same time. It... And and also, wow, he looks good in that suit mm-hmm. at the end of the episode. Yeah, well. yeah. It's perfectly <laughs> tailored for him, so... Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he looks beautiful in that suit. Oh, my word. So, um, <laughs> one, one, one thing about the whole uh, the house burning down thing... Um, mm-hmm. So I'm watching that, and I remember Tilda was messing around with them herbs, trying to recreate, figure out what Bushmaster had done. And I noticed she didn't get any burns, or didn't seem to, and she's not having problems Ooh. with the smoke. Uh, and and now, meanwhile, I think she should have been able to like untie her mom in that amount of time. Um, but uh, Luke comes in, and Mariah is just like passed out from smoke inhalation, but Tilda's okay. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Uh, do <clears throat> I'm not saying might, anything. Are mm-hmm. they doing a whole thing with Tilda and Luke Cage where you've got the Hulk and um and what oh what is her proper name? Who? She Hulk's proper name. Oh, uh, Jennifer Waters. Yeah, that whole thing going on. <laughs> so maybe she's got a bit of that power. Yeah. I've I've not looked up the actual Tilda character from the comics because I don't want to spoil myself. 
Um, but that's her costume's pretty amazing. Is it? Oh man, I gotta find it yeah. after I finish the season. Um, but <laughs> I, I, uh, I was definitely having that in the back of my head while I was watching this. And I was like, oh man, like I would just love to see somebody shoot Tilda, and Tilda's like, yeah, that didn't go all the way through. Uh, <laughs> oh now, I'm, yeah, Tilda's like, bring it, bitch. Now, like, <laughs> like, like, uh, what's his like a bush yeah, putty chest. <laughs> <laughs> and now, now I'm thinking she'll then be a recurring character when we eventually do get Daughters of the Dragon, and you know she'll Ooh. show up for um, six episodes. And, uh, oh, yeah. extra, you know, that could be fun. Oh, I just want that show. <laughs> oh, so that was the end. Listening. Give us Daughters of the Dragon. Yeah. Yeah. We know you're listening. You've already um, done more content for us to cover per year. So, yeah, Daughters of the Dragon, please. Five five shows a year. We can do it. Come on. Uh, I think we need Daughters <laughs> of the Dragon heroes for hire, at least. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. When you're well, done I, with telling yeah. your individual Luke Cage story, that, that'll be, like, phase two of the Netflix series, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah you- and then you can bring in new characters. You can do the Moon Knight show. Yeah. Come on. Oh, and Shang-Chi. Oh, just want to come on <laughs> right that is the end of the episode so many things i want would you guys like some easter eggs yes, please. don't think there's that many there's two uh so in the early comics luke set up his hero for hire offices above an old movie theater in Times square and so it's funny that he is in a movie theater in this episode well there's so many uh, abandoned movie theaters i'm sure he's gonna find <laughs> another one yeah, he'll be in another one in a yeah next season. He'll find another one and be like, oh, it's just so many of them. Uh, this is also where DW came from in the comics, and I think we had a little bit of uh, a message on Facebook about DW because we were talking about his name, and apparently it is an intentional thing that he's named after the director of Birth of a Nation. But oh, I can't find that post now, so I'll try and read it for um you see, my most, for when my feedback. going to Duckwing Duck. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's Duckwing uh, Griffith. <laughs> that would be awesome. Oh, here we go. It was by uh, it was uh, JD sent it to us. So he said regarding DW, the character is based loosely on a character from the comics. In his early days, Luke rented a room above a movie theater, and DW was the nephew. I think, of the owner and ran the place. The implication being that he and his entire family were obsessed with movies and thus was named after the infamous Birth of a Nation director. I believe back in the 70s, Birth of a Nation was mostly remembered, at least by film buffs, as being the first film epic and advancing a lot of the techniques of film and not so much for the blatant racism and pro-KKK stance of Griffith. But it's still a garbage movie that should probably be best remembered as a footnote and little else. But I don't think the comic version was supposed to be an endorsement of the real DW Griffith's policies, politics, sorry. And TV DW is even more of a step removed, so I wouldn't, wouldn't read too much into it. So maybe the TV version so is sense. named after Duckwing Duck. There you go. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish. <laughs> Um, and then last bit of uh, <laughs> trivia. This might be someone's quote, so I apologise, but I need it for the Easter egg. So in Luke Cage, Hero for Hire number nine, when Luke was having an argument with Doctor Doom, as you do, he said a an exact quote that was in this episode, which was, where's my money, honey? <laughs> I love classic so, cheesy Luke Cage lines. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Just imagine Luke Cage saying, where's my money, honey, to Doctor Doom. <laughs> I love it. 
And Doctor Doom gets quite flustered in the comic. It's quite funny. He's like, what, what, what do you mean? <laughs> uh, anyway, there's your Easter eggs, guys. Nom, 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 mm. nom, nom, nom. Nice and late meal, that one. Uh, mm, yes, nice. Uh, well, actually, on Den of Geek, there's no Easter eggs for the next two weeks. So wow. We'll uh, have to see. I'll see if I spot any in the Well, episodes. starvation for t- next week. <laughs> uh, you'll be like, but I will say for episode 10, oh, yeah. So we just oh, have to diet for the next two weeks. Oh, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, That's what I've mm-hmm. watched up to. And yeah, I I screamed. I was so happy to hear that Easter egg. Yeah, very cool. Well, I'll uh, be let's talk about tonight. quotes, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can watch the rest of them yeah. now. Sorry, Will, Tammy. Mm. Too bad. <laughs> I mean, we can too. We just don't have to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> And then you have to go, I really didn't see that coming. Oh, what a shock. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything, but I've already seen, I've already seen Iron Fist season two. You know, I wasn't going to say anything, though. <laughs> wow. No, oh, that's incredible. What we all don't know is Tammy's actually got a secret screening of uh, Luke Cage season two. <laughs> or Sorry, not Luke Cage, um, Iron Fist season yeah. two. <laughs> I was going to say, was this screening of Luke Cage season two at, like, Mike Coulter's house? Because, uh... Yeah. Why wasn't I invited? <laughs> and why wasn't Will invited? Hello. You would have kept uh, okay. Clear, right? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Sure. Uh, too late. Let's talk about quotes. I have. I will start with a quote, which is Sheldon at the start when he's calling out Luke, and he goes, "Mr. K." <laughs> that really made me laugh. <laughs> uh, Tam Tam, should we go next? Um, this is like one of my favorite quotes so far out of the series uh, the world may be my problem but it's not always my fault yeah that's a good one yeah that's really good it's more profound than it should be <laughs> it, right it really is really? Yeah. no no that's a good one though I, I like that I'm putting that in my Facebook profile right now <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm actually writing it down in my little quote book I keep a, I keep a book of uh, quotes and inspirational thoughts and I'm, yeah. I'm adding that to it and it's something it's really good I feel like at least I could I could speak for myself like I think that sometimes and obviously uh, not to the extent that Luke Cage has uh, but it's a good reminder it's just not always your fault it's just not mm-hmm. I have yeah. one from Piranha right, which I'll probably have too <laughs> oh, that shit was dope god yeah. damn <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, well, it was. Ian? It was. It really was, dope. I know we should be uh, getting quotes. I didn't take any, but I do remember one that reminds me of an awesome scene. My nose! You broke my nose! <laughs> oh, I think I had that written down because it was like, You broke me nose! You broke me nose! <laughs> Nutty. Yeah, so uh, I had, uh, Vengeance belongs to the Lord. Well, the Lord can have it back when me done with it. I have a misty one. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, I have a misty one, which is May May. Oh, hell no. <laughs> That's a great one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've got one as well, which is at the end of that first episode, which was um, uh, Bushmaster on the bridge. And he says, you're braggadocious. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> Uh, I don't remember uh, who said this. Maybe it was and Nancy. Eye for eye makes the whole world blind. I love mm-hmm. it. Yep. 
Yeah, really good. Uh, you also got the the whole, um, uh, you know, I'm not in the market for a sidekick. Who says you're not oh, my yeah. sidekick? Me. It's my show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <That> <laughs> to get a little meta there. That was really yeah. good. Um, I've got uh, Shades. No time is ever really wasted. Yeah. Yep. Was and then he says time reveals yeah. all. Yeah. It just like hurt yeah. my heart. Oh. <laughs> it's just yeah. so good. I love that moment. It was beautiful. Uh, another beautiful moment is when Misty says to Nandy, why don't you go audition for The Voice or some shit? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I loved it. Another beautiful uh, moment other... was oh, um, <laughs> I got a loaded gun, a hard dick, and a pocket full of cash. That's the American dream. Oh, <laughs> oh so good. <laughs> oh, I've got one um, between. Kind of also revealing. Yeah. Well, considering everything you just say, say to James afterwards. Okay. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, I've got one between Piranha and Luke. Which is Luke? Not until you tell me why the stylers are after you. Piranha says, "I ain't had no R and B group at my party." And Luke says, "The Jamaican sucker from Brooklyn." <laughs> so good. I just like him calling him sucker. Uh, yeah, I've got <laughs> a, a Luke call saying, "You're a living, breathing one man Christmas addict's ghetto stash house." <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, it's so good. Uh, right. Well, now it is time to rate these episodes. So, Nutty, you can go first. What do you think uh, of these episodes? I love them. I, I absolutely love them. Um, it's hard to rate them individually, um, and mm-hmm. it's hard to rate uh, pretty much, on, I think, like most of the episodes of the season are 9 out of 10s. So uh, we're going to give uh, the first one in the basement, we're going to give that uh, 9 out of 10 uh, hiding in movie theaters, and uh, <laughs> we're going to give the, the, the second one... Uh, I, th- I think this is the right time that it happens. Uh, nine out of ten, uh, uh, you know, the homosexual love affairs revealed. Because <laughs> I, I, I'm all for it. Yeah, that's great. Um, Ian? Yeah, um, I think, because I've only seen up to these episodes, they, they do feel better than the other two something about them. there seems to be a, a shift in the the season something something's about how big's about to happen but all throughout these episodes some nice character moments and setups were put into place and i think that really does them some real goods good and yeah i because i thought the whole um thing with Shade uh, was just in episode 7, it was episode 6 as well, so they run together so well Uh, Mm -hmm. so yeah, they kind of are uh, both the same, so um, I'd say uh, what's it um, 6 would be maybe uh, 8.5 out of 10 braggadocious bastards (laughs) (laughs) yeah and seven out is going to be yeah yeah that definitely was a better one so uh i'm trying to come up with a good rating for this one um but it's gonna be um just nine out of ten shades i think nice cool uh will do you want to go next Sure. Yeah, I agree that it's kind of hard to separate them in my mind, but I really enjoyed these two episodes. Uh, things are 
picking your business is picking up. And I, I was surprised we were this far into this season as we were. I thought we were on episode like four and five, but we're on six mm-hmm. and seven. Uh, so I'll give up uh, the first episode nine out of ten. Um, I just had something in my mind a minute ago. Um, R&B groups that aren't at your party. Um, <laughs> on episode seven, nine out of ten pockets full of cash. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Uh, Tammy Lambs. Tammy Lambs, wow. Okay. <laughs> Tammy, Tammy Lambs. It's the, it's the shortened version. It's the shortened version of your full name, which is obviously Tamalama Dingo. Get on me. Uh, uh, I'm actually going to give episode 7 slightly higher than episode 6, mainly because I think, even though I loved episode 6, I feel like it only had a bigger impact when we get the scene of Mm -hmm. Banshee and um, Shades in episode 7. Like, it was was Mm -hmm. an amazing scene, but I feel like it was more impactful because of episode 7. Um, but I love them. It was just, oh God, it was so incredible. It, the episode was just a joy to watch, like getting Luke, his ass getting kicked and like ending with him come, you know, getting off the bridge, falling off the bridge. All of that was just good stuff. And Piranha is just a lot of fun. So I'm sorry to see him go. Uh, so that episode gets nine out of 10 Black Mariah Trumps. And then, uh, the next episode, um, yeah. She's the gun that Comanche and Shade stuff is like, just, it kills me. It's so, it hurts my heart. Um, and seeing Bushmaster, like, get into <laughs> Harlem's Paradise at the end was just incredible. Stephen Marley was awesome. Like, all of this stuff was just so good. So I give that, uh, oh, I'm so in between a nine and a half and a ten. I I just, I love that episode so much. I'll give it a ten. Why not? What? <laughs> Why not, right? Uh, ten out of ten Jamaican takeovers. Awesome. Uh, so I, yeah, I completely agree with you, Tammy, when you were saying about the impact of some of the scenes in episode six, um, only really comes about in, after watching episode seven. Um, so I've given episode seven higher as well than episode six for exactly the same reasons. Also, I like the music. Um, and I kind of like to see, it was great finding out about Bushmaster's kind of backstory as well. Um, that really fleshed him out a bit, I think. So I gave episode 6 8.5 out of 10 handfuls of magic dust. And mm-hmm. episode 7, I gave 9 out of 10 uh, Dean Winchester tears. Because <laughs> Shades cries like Dean Winchester. <laughs> he really does. <laughs> so that gives episode 6 an average of 8.8 out of 10. And episode 7, an average of 9.2 out of 10, which is the highest wow. episode so far. Nice. Really cool. Yeah. Does Bushmaster cool. still think that Luke is alive by the end? I can't remember. Still dead, I mean, by the oh, end. Oh, yeah. He okay. thinks he's dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't know. And at this point, like, I think he, he thinks that Mariah is possibly dead, but it doesn't matter if she's alive or dead. Like, I don't yeah. really care. Yeah, it's all, it's all gravy. Yeah. <laughs> he's on top of the hill now. He should be careful. Yeah, he's so, the man at the top of the yeah. hill. Oh, none of us even used Mariah's line at the end that she wants to hire Luke. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's going to take, could change things if he accepts. <laughs> I, I like the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love the whole Heroes for Hire coming out, you know? Yeah. 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 Oh, also, Claire sent me the photo of um, the Boss Body Rice that says Tilda, Genuine Goodness, and I still say, 
she's going to be bad. She's going to be an evil character. I don't care what you're telling me that she's goodness. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it says on the packet of rice, Tammy, that she is genuine goodness. I don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, thank you for reminding me about that. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, Tilda Rice, genuine goodness. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have one piece of feedback from um, our lovely feedbacker Sedna. Sedna. I'm going to put it in the in the chat for Will, who is oh, our official yeah. Sedna reader. It starts Piranha. Uh, if I want to call for a second. Okay, <laughs> Piranha. Kiss teeth. Uh, is this more Jamaican dialect? Kiss teeth. Damn. Him just a little <laughs> guppy didn't start to the stylers. <laughs> the work of my uh, Jamaican accent. <laughs> you have to read it like phonetically. It's like him just. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, shade slash Comanche is a thing. Yay, Comanche shades. <laughs> <laughs> That is their ship name, Command Shades. I love it. Oh, it's so cute. And they weren't just prison gay. A love so strong, Shades couldn't conceive of Che being a snitch. Oh. A love to rival Mariah and Reitenhauer in seventh grade. Poor poor (laughs) Misty as ever can't catch a break. (laughs) Maymay's got close personal connections with all her superiors, it seems. Am I really yep. too much into this as a metaphor for their conflicting attitudes going to to going straight, as in legit, straight in quotes? Oh, maybe. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I got an email saying I have a message from Steve Rogers. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sorry, he's got sidetracked. Well, uh, I was wondering about that dramatic silence. Sorry about this. I'm <laughs> watching... Now Steve Rogers has sent you a message on Grinder. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, Steve yeah. Rogers is an executive at my company that I guess I've never heard of before. <laughs> oh, oh my God, you work for Steve Rogers? That's awesome. <laughs> um, I just like to imagine it's Steve and he's just like, hey, hey, Will, me and Bucky are just uh, hanging out of the apartment if you want to come over. Uh, right there, Steve. <laughs> Yeah. We've got an open relationship. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, poor Will's gonna be like, sorry, you guys will have to finish that this email. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, back to the email. Luke Powell driving his way through Piranha's kidnappers is a highlight, but for fuck's for fuck's sake, don't trust Pastor Daddy. He just lets him go. What the fuck? <laughs> mm, yeah. And we get the full glory of bionic arm fight mode, courtesy of her fortuitously ripped off sleeve. Until she presses that button, just press that button and that moves. (laughs) Presses the button and just rockets across the room and punches somebody. Oh, that'd be so good. Boomerang's back. (laughs) Blimey, Marley Jr.'s been in the club a long time. Hope he got to nip out after sound check. Kind of half that he's performing in this ep with the parent-child relationship stuff ramped up. More backstory on Stokes versus MacGyver. Luke getting an apology from his dad. Tilda given the choice to stay with Mariah in the avenging CGI flames. Or run like Bushmaster did when he was a pickney. 
I think. Oh, is it pygmy, not pygmy? I always hear pygmy when they say pygmy. Yeah. Uh, no, it's yeah. pygmy in the show. It might have been an autocorrect. Okay. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you, Sedna, yeah, as Sedna. always. Yeah. Always enjoy Not your nearly as much screaming as I'm used to. <laughs> well, just well, I'll say, Nutty, just wait until Daredevil season three. Okay. <laughs> You've already seen the You feedback. know that's when it will be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I've, uh, I've already seen the entire bit, series. That's going to make the series a bit weird if you've seen the feedback before seeing the series. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I was like, "Oh, who knew that would happen <laughs> in that episode?" But fair enough. Season two, then Claire's definitely watched Daredevil season three already. <laughs> Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Um, so, thank you to our our lovely, lovely guests, uh, returning guests, uh, for joining us this week for these two awesome episodes. Uh, for having us. Really loved these episodes this week, and it was great talking to you guys about them. Yeah, it was um, great being on these yeah. episodes, especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, really, yeah, really good sort of double bill this week. Uh, Nutty, where can people hear your dulcet tones on the interwebs? Well, you can go listen to me on the Nutty Bites podcast by going to nimlas.org, N-I-M-L-A-S, dot org, or just uh, type Nutty Bites podcast into Google, you'll find it. Uh, and you can find everywhere else we are on social media. Um, but we talk about, like, geeky topics and all sorts of things. But you might also want to check out, uh, I was recently on Talk Nerdy to Me, uh, and we talked about knowing your limits, and it ended up being a really good discussion. Nice. And I need to come back on that podcast soon. Yeah, when you're not, you know, podcasting <laughs> on your own. <laughs> That's kind of a problem. <laughs> I know. Uh, okay, so, uh, Ian, where can people hear your dulcet tones oh, in the interwebs? thank you. Um, yeah, I'm still doing The Web of Queer. It's a Doctor Who podcast from a queer perspective, and yeah, talk about a certain, um, well, we do uh, mini-reviews of Doctor episodes, old and new, and we also discuss certain queer subjects, sometimes when it applies to Doctor Who, sometimes when it applies to a lot of other things as well. Nice. Awesome. Uh, Will and Tammy, have you been up to anything exciting? No. You want to promote? No. <laughs> Uh, Well, uh, you can hear Claire and myself um, and our friend Brad on Calavici Fashion (laughs) Cast, where we talk about the fashions today, very much the lack of fashions. (laughs) Um, In a very wacky episode of Quantum Leap. Wackiness, so that's that's all I really need in life, just just (laughs) wackiness to... A break from reality to <laughs> go into the wackiness. <laughs> um, and actually, uh, Will, you're on next week, so there's your reminder. Okay. Uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You've also reminded me that I need to actually make sure I sign up again to record with you sometime on yeah, that. I will be in a while. Yeah. this week sometime, and that's it. Final yeah, season. Final. Yeah, I'll yeah. make sure Only I'm signed up. Crazier. Yeah, let's yeah. with all these reboots. I should bring Quantum Leap back. And... I know. Oh, they so should. It's got it's got one of, I always say, shows with, like, the best premise that could go on forever. Quantum Leap, Doctor Who. So, you know. You find out that all of his tinkering really, like, destroyed the universe. He has to fix it somehow. <laughs> They could even just completely reboot Quantum Leap now and have it like 
and like you know and do the whole thing of leaping within your own lifetime mm -hmm. and cover you know like the last 40 years instead yeah. you know and go with that angle so it's not covering any of the stuff from you know in the 20th century and focus kind of on the late 20th century and 21st century yeah. that would be really cool yeah, they, they don't have to connect it at all if they don't want to no no they could, they could reboot it have it connected if they did a reboot i would actually be really happy i would be really happy if they did it as a reboot and it's not connected and it's one of the few shows that i would be happy with that i just think the premise is so good I could even see it being the only connection being of them saying in the pilot episode of this project was must build 20 years ago or something. Mm. Yeah, just any, anything like that. Yeah, exactly. That's where I was going to go. Like, I could totally see it being a, well, this was a project that people had talked about, but nobody really knows what happened to the original project. And uh, and, and they're they're starting fresh. And it would be a lot of fun, I think. Um, and... Uh, yeah, it, I, I will say um, I've recently been rewatching Enterprise and going oh, all the mm -hmm. way through oh, it. Yeah. And you know what everyone <laughs> says? They say in se season uh, three, it starts to get good. They're right. But unfortunately, you have to slog through two seasons of <laughs> um, It is true. But uh, uh, Scott Bakula, like I was really starting to appreciate uh, his acting in there because, again, in the first two seasons, you're like, Ugh, he's so cardboard. And then he really gets into it, and it was reminding me of what I liked about Quantum Leap. Yeah. There's nice. also some wacky fashions in that show, if you really Oh, yeah. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, we shall have to decide what we're going to podcast on after uh, yeah, uh, Quantum Leap, Tammy. Seeing as this is our, our third show together, yeah. Quantum Leap. <laughs> we're going to be podcasting yeah. when we're old and grey. Yeah. Yeah, because we did Carney cast, we've done Intro to X, Calvin G. Fashion cast, and technically we're doing Defenders together, so. Four. Yeah. Yeah, so Claire and I cool. really enjoy wow. podcasting together. <laughs> yeah, we just love each other, you know. Yep. Our love is uh, is going to rival uh, Shades and Comanche and Mariah and May May and Tommy <laughs> and Grade 7 or whatever it was. <laughs> uh, so I should tell you what we're going to cover next week. So next week is episode 8. If it ain't rough, it ain't right. While Shades, Mariah and Misty come to terms with the previous night's events, Bushmaster searches for a way to boost his strength. And episode nine. Uh, I'm not saying this, this title is in reference to anything in the synopsis, but maybe you'll get an idea. Uh, so the episode is called For Pete's Sake. And the synopsis says, hunkered down in a makeshift safe house, Luke and Misty butt heads over how to handle Mariah. Meanwhile, long buried family secrets come to light. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure the title of the episode has nothing to do with it. No, not at all. Mm -hmm. mm, little baby, maybe. Uh, so, who wants to take us out with an Excelsior? Ian and Nutty, you can go together if you want. Are you ready? <laughs> okay. <laughs> One, two, three. Excelsior! Excelsior! Dude, I did nice. a countdown. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. You can comment and send feedback to us by emailing defenderspod at gmail.com you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Defenders Podcast 
or on Twitter at Defenders Pod. Defenders Podcast is created under a Creative Commons Attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0 unported international license. That means you can share it, you can send it to your friends, you just can't make any money off of it. You can't change it and you have to link back to us and our site. Excelsior!